lights off. Off. Turn them off. They're too, they're too bright. Turn them off. Turn them off. Let's go. Ready? Turn off the lights. Turn <laughs> off the lights. Turn off the lights. Let the great <laughs> begin. Do it. Yeah. Those greedy, weasley bastards. Some guy feed them hogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're a big Rick Derringer guy. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. I did everything right and they indicted me. <laughs> <laughs> I did everything right and they indicted me. Okay, if you see. hurt my friends, then you hurt my pride. I gotta be a man. I can't let it slide. I am a American. Saint Barnabas. All right. We're back. We are back. We almost had two full weeks off there. That's the people's president that's talking there. Yeah, I mean, we go on like a little uh, break so you can take a, a trip out to the West Coast. and I never take a vacation. The funnest indictment of all time happened. <laughs> I know, I'm so mad I missed it. He did everything right and they indicted and him. And they indicted me. I did everything right and they indicted me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> We've talked about it at length. Is a big of a piece of shit that that guy is. You cannot deny that the man's funny. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he has yeah. comedic timing like baked into him for some yeah. reason. I mean, it's not intentional. No, but <laughs> no. he's just—he's just funny. Yeah, he's just a funny guy to watch. He's <laughs> a real piece of shit, but he's a funny to. guy to watch. Uh, but he did everything right, and they indicted and him. They indicted him. <laughs> they indicted me, nasty. Um, that's the Hulkster's theme, right? Yes, it is yeah, the Hulkster yeah. theme. It was down to that or Neil Diamond's America. <laughs> I was going to try to do, like, when he gets into his little speech, was, my country, tis of thee. I was going to try to get it so it said, my country indicted him. I don't know. I was going to try to do something, but I ran out That of is time. a little low energy. I'm a real American kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed to fit up. in, like, the in between the lyrics there and the verse, you could fit it in kind of perfectly <laughs> <laughs> as the chorus, as, as the verse turned back. Um but yeah, so uh, he's indicted. Yes, he is. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> it's nuts. All he had to do was just be like, oh, yeah, here you go. They're back. It's, That's, it's so funny because all he had to do was give them the documents when they asked for I them. Don't, I, <laughs> I, have not, I have not followed as, as closely as I followed other things. But everything I've listened to, it's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like, they have on tape, apparently, they released the transcripts. But they have him on tape saying something like, look at these. Look at these documents. Yeah. These are classified documents. Yeah. <laughs> I could have declassified them when I was president, but I didn't. <laughs> Here, look at these documents. <laughs> like, 
And he's showing them to like his valet. I don't know, some yeah. fucking valet. Yeah, like a pizza guy shows up and he's like, come in. A CEO of a pizza franchise <laughs> in Naples, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. It's fucking crazy. What a fucking idiot. It, it's it's a, like this is the thing that would take this guy down. Yes. Is something this fucking stupid. And the thing is, he had how many times that he could just get off this freeway? Yeah. He had plenty of exit opportunities here. Oh, yeah. And he was like, nope, well, they're my, I get to keep them. And I don't know the details, but apparently, like, one of the reasons they're coming down on him so hard is because of a law he passed and tried to, like, get through really quickly because he was trying to get Hillary in trouble because of her emails. It was something that, like, increased the punishment for, like, mishandling classified documents. And he, like, fast-tracked it and got it through really quickly. And now that's the thing that they're using to kind of go against him. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> no, I, don't, I never got too into the email thing. I, I know that she was careless with, like, yeah. it was a private server she had set up. They're all old people, and they don't understand how email works, of course. But, like, what was the sensitive information in those emails? I don't know. But the point is, any I feel like any. Anytime this has happened with any other public official like Hill Dog or Biden, because it happened with Biden and it happened to Mike Pence, too. They turn over the information. They immediately asked. like open the doors. Yeah. Let the FBI in. Like, come in, take all the take documents. Look at it. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. It's it's all on you. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, Trump was like, fuck you. <laughs> it is. I mean, the hubris and just the hypocrisy of Republicans will never cease to astound me. But it is pretty funny watching how they lost their shit over some fucking emails that never leaked or anything versus this guy who's literally showing like the hard paper documents of like invasion plans to Kid Rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Kid Rock was on Tucker Carlson's show talking to Tucker Carlson and was like, yeah, man. Donald Trump was showing me these, like, invasion plans, and I thought to myself, like, am I supposed to be seeing this shit? Jesus. Like, he literally was saying that. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah. I, which, all you can do is really just laugh at this fucking guy. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be how many fucking Russian agents? Now I don't, I don't, I didn't buy into the Russia stuff. Like no. I, it was all kind of whatever and a circumstantial bullshit. But like, how many known Russian agents have gone through Mar-a-Lago and been like outed? <laughs> yeah, like they're like, oh, this woman that was taking pictures of Mar-a-Lago—that's actually a Russian agent. Yeah, and it's like. You just got this shit laying around. He's got him in his fucking toilet. And he's showing them to, like, I don't know, some guy that owns, like, three Subaru dealerships yeah. in West Palm Beach. Yeah, it's the guy who runs the marina there or yeah. something. And it's just just the dumbest, like, cokehead boat dealer, like, fucking upper mid-class Republicans, like, hanging out at Mar-a-Lago for $2,000 a plate or getting fucking classified information. They have, so like, stupid. documented, like, witnesses and testimony <laughs> and audio recordings of him basically just confessing to, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing oh my this, God. but here it is. Yeah, and then he's getting legal advice from just like random internet people and stuff. Like that was. The, did you see the thing about him yelling at his attorneys? No, because apparently he was using some kind of lawyer, and the lawyers in the middle of the meeting. I think it might have been the same meeting where he was talking to the lawyer about like 
well, having these documents is bad. What if I just left them with you and you could kind of like... Oh, you like yeah, pluck them pluck out. them out, yeah. But like one of his attorneys <clears throat> started taking notes in the middle of the meeting and he was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And the attorney was like, well, we need some kind of like documentation for all of this. That's what attorneys do. <laughs> and apparently Trump was like, no, that's the first thing that my friend Roy Cohn taught me. You never, never take notes in a meeting with a lawyer. Like you don't take notes. And he was like serious to this guy where he was like, no, you don't take notes. What does he think this is? Yeah. Like, this is the fucking feds, man. I mean, this isn't even the New York bullshit. I, you know, this is a fucking feds. To dude. be honest, I don't blame the guy. He has gotten away with fucking murder. Oh, and I mean, yeah. Never got into trouble. Why would he think this would? Well, all like, his lawyers were telling him we just need to give these back to them. And he's like, no, they're mine. I have the right to them. It's like the dude has never been told. No, it's nuts. He's a fucking child. Yeah, it's insane. And they want to elect him again. It could have been so easy. It's easy enough to just be like, all right, fuck it. Take him. Yeah. Oh, God. Did you hear his well, his truth? Not his tweet because he's not on Twitter anymore. We had that truth where he's like, and Joe Biden kept classified documents in his garage, which is very easily accessible, especially if the door isn't closed or something. What the fuck? Who is this guy? Dude, he's not human. Oh, it's fucking awesome. He's not human. Oh, um, this country sucks. It, yeah. I don't know. I went to a baseball game with my dad the other week. We can uh-huh. talk about it a little bit, but every now and then when I'm like at something, I'm like, eh, I kind of like this country. <laughs> And then you kind of you leave and you're like, what was that all about? Yeah, I don't know. You're just sitting there. You're enjoying the sun. Um, anyways, welcome to the Clonecast. Welcome to the Clonecast. Uh, my name's Tom. I'm Adam. Uh, what we do here is we are uh, reviewing in chronological order. We used to do that Clone Wars show. You can go back if you're like the Clone Wars. It is a Star Wars podcast. We swear. We assure you. Uh, but right now we're reviewing that goddamn, that goddamn Rebel show, and we're about to wrap up season three here. We got Zero Hour Part One today. Season the three, episode twenty-one. Ten ultimate. The penultimate episode it actually aired as a two-parter together back yes. to back, um, but we are splitting it in half because the episode would be 15 hours long. So uh, what we normally do is we bullshit for the first 20 to 40 minutes, and then we get right into that Star Wars episode. Right on in there. And then this episode, I'm we are going to try to keep the Beatles discussion to a tight 40 minutes. Yeah, minutes. I had heard I had offhand had heard something about Paul making some sort of AI announcement. <laughs> Did you oh, yeah. hear about this? No, I know what it is. I didn't look into it any further because I knew we would end up talking about it for an hour. Oh, do you know what it is? What? He used AI to complete the song Grow Old With Me. Oh. And it's actually quite beautiful because okay. it's a beautiful song. But I feel like that is the song. Oh God, Beatles! I didn't. I didn't count on us actually having a Beatles discussion. But that's when they did the anthology, uh-huh. the docu- documentary in the '90s. They released three album sets along with it, with like bootlegs and stuff. Yes, and they free as a bird. They did Free as a Bird and they Real did Love. Real Love, which were John Lennon unreal. Un- they were demos that he had recorded, but they were unfinished. Yeah. They must have been in the sessions he was doing when he was killed. Yes. And so Paul was like, oh, this is perfect. We're going to release three, like, three album compilations. We'll do three songs. Okay. And they did the first two. They did Free as a Bird and Real Love. And George is the one that was like, that's enough. Yeah. We don't need to do this. For the third We don't need to remix all of this. 
and kind of like dig up yeah. John in order Third to anthology. commercially, commercially yeah. release a song. And Paul was like, oh, okay. But he, I think he really wanted to do it. And I think Grow Old With Me is the song he wanted to do. Ah. So now that George is dead, he's just using AI to finish the song. Paul's just sitting in front of Chet GPT, <laughs> registering a username, <laughs> plugging in some notes and be like, hey, finish this. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, that's enough Beatle talk, though. Yeah. Although I will say, Real Love, Potential Clone Cast recommends. It's a great point. song. I think Real Love's better than Free as a Bird. It's a beautiful song. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Free as a Bird stinks. I feel like everybody thinks that. Yeah. Well, it's, it doesn't stink. It's still a good song. But anyways, no more Beatles talk. Um, so keep the Beatles talk down to 40 minutes. Then yeah. you get right on into that episode. You get right on in there. Um, well, that's what it was. Okay, for, thanks for clearing. For, I'll have to listen. Did you listen to it? Yeah, it's great. It is? Yeah. Okay. I I'll, love that I'll, song. I'll take a listen to it. That, that's good. Uh, but we won't put it in there. I actually, last, since we you know, we had time off there because you were out of town, I actually like plugged in like 20 clips into the last yeah. episode. We got to put a buffer in to, between recording and releasing because I feel like that's... No, yeah. I actually had time to like properly <laughs> edit and like... Various things that would only make sense if I put the corresponding clip. Like, for the people that hadn't seen Major League Two, I'm not going to do a great Randy Quaid impression, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I was able to plug it in. Did you listen to it? Yeah. Oh, you did? On the plane? Uh, yeah. Okay. You went and to... on the way over here. Uh, I, I mean, mean, it was quite long. It was a long episode. <laughs> we got into it. But <laughs> yes. hey. <laughs> New segment! It's vacation talk, baby. We have done more for Steve Miller's career in the last two weeks than he's done for himself in the last 20 years. We mentioned him last week, and now he's got the vacation talk theme. So you you took a big old jet airliner. Yeah, I did. You went to old Seattle? We're going to use it. We're going to use that. That intro maybe once or twice. Yeah. I never take vacations. Yeah, when I take a vacation, it's probably going to have to be some sort of road trip song. <laughs> yeah. I like to stay close to the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to Brainerd and stay yeah. <laughs> stay in a cabin for a day or two. Yeah. Um. So how was uh, Seattle? So it was great. So we didn't actually spend much time in Seattle. Did you go um, across the border of Vancouver? So yeah. So the whole reason for our trip is Brie got tickets to uh, Joni Mitchell. Ah, yeah. Is actually she's come out of retirement and is doing some concerts Isn't now. Isn't she into like some weird Morgellon conspiracy theory or something Probably? like that? Probably. That yeah. sounds like it tracks, but yeah. I don't know. But she's she seems pretty cool. Um. So Brandy Carlisle is the artist that's kind of the one that's been coaxing her back into the limelight. So they tour together. So they tour. They tour together. Brandy Carlisle does a lot of like Joni Mitchell covers. And Brandy Carlisle actually like is absolutely perfect to do the early Joni Mitchell like falsetto type stuff. Because as Joni Mitchell has aged, her voice has changed quite a bit. That doesn't happen. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Elton talk, John talk sounds to Elton John about that. <laughs> Elton John sounds exactly the same as he did in 1972. But Brandy Carlisle almost sounds identical to the Joni Mitchell early that. tracks. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so jo they were doing a show at a concert venue called The Gorge, which I had never heard of. Now, is this like Seattle's answer for Red Rocks? I guess, but it's not in Seattle. And that's the thing that threw me. It's like a two and a half hour drive from Seattle. It's in the middle of the state of Washington. Ooh. 
It's in like it's between a town called Quincy and a town called George. George. And I just found it hilarious that there's a town called George in the state of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Someone had a sense of humor back then. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think named that? Some guy in the like early 1800s like, I know it'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. How many people live in George? I don't know. You didn't, didn't go to George? Population. You didn't go to George? Drove through. Didn't see a street sign. Now, is this your standard, you know, just small town? Yeah. It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's Washington, so it's very picturesque. Sure. Like driving through the states, unbelievable. Like there's mountains and we drove through the Cascades to get there, the Cascade Mountains. Yeah. And I've kind of, I heard about this, like this is how deserts form, is like the clouds have to move up mountains and that depletes them of all their water because they condense. Mm-hmm. So one side of a mountain is like tropical and the other side's a desert. Ooh. Like literally as we went over the Cascades and came down, it was like we were driving through Utah. It was like night and day. It That's was crazy. crazy. Um, but the gorge was nuts. It was so cool. How many people does it seat? Um, I think at one point Brandy Carlisle said that there were twenty three thousand oh, watching. That's a big. That's a big venue. But it's ca- the amphitheater is like carved into like a gorge, and the view's incredible. Um, and then the stage is kind of like right there. Okay. And I think I've I looked up a couple of things, and it sounds like the the bands that play the most there are Dave Matthews and the Grateful Dead. Sounds like a Dave Matthews Grateful Dead type of... Those are the biggest ones. Yeah. And then uh, I think all Lilith Fairs took place at the Gorge. I was going to say. Sarah McLaughlin been there lately? So, speaking of which... What? There there were special guests at... Sarah McLaughlin? The Joni Mitchell concert. Sarah McLaughlin? So, Brandy Carlisle is the one that arranged all of this, and it was a three-day festival. We only went for Saturday, because all we wanted is... We wanted to see Joni Mitchell. That's all we cared about. Okay. But there was stuff going on. What in, was the name of this festival? Um, Gorge Festival. The the one with Joni Mitchell was called Joni Jam. Joni Jam. Yeah, but there were special guests. Okay, and so uh, Marcus Mumford uh, was the like I don't know lead percussionist. I think from was he the from uh, lead singer of Mumford and Sons? Yes. Okay. Um, Wendy and Lisa were there. Of Prince fame. Okay. Was Tegan and Sarah? They were not. They were not. No Tegan and Sarah? No, but the big names. I only recognize gorge festivals of Tegan and Sarah. The big names were uh, uh, the aforementioned Sarah McLaughlin was there. She could sing. And she sang Blue, Oh, which is, to begin with, a phenomenal Joni Mitchell song, but Sarah McLaughlin like, knocked it out of the park. So Sarah McLaughlin headlined a day you were not there. No, no, no. They all were there for Joni Mitchell on stage with Joni Mitchell, but they also were there for the other days that we. But you didn't see Sarah McLaughlin set. I didn't see Sarah McLaughlin perform Sarah McLaughlin songs. I just heard Sarah McLaughlin sing a Joni Mitchell song. You like Adia? Oh, of course. (laughs) And that goes the same for someone by the name of Annie Lennox was there. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh. She was fucking amazing. Oh, what did she sing? Oh, she belted out a Joni Mitchell song. Really? Yeah. Oh, Annie Lennox. She was great. Of Eurythmics fame. Yeah. Yeah. Was Dave Stewart Her there? Her and that other guy. Dave Stewart. <laughs> yeah. No. He, he wasn't, wasn't there? there. No. Are you sure? You nope. might miss him. If you, you might miss him. <laughs> he is <laughs> Nobody tiny. knows me. He's a little guy. <laughs> 
Uh, please tell me Ray Cooper was there in percussion. Probably I was not. looking. Yeah. Like, I literally was looking as they were, like, yeah. going through the band. Chloe Castanova, is anytime you're at a concert for somebody whose heyday was, I would say, like, the mid-60s through... Mid-80s. Mid-80s. If you're at a concert for them, look for a bald man with, like, dark sunglasses on playing tambourines. Yeah. And if you see that man, and if you have, you are required to watch him at all times. If you have the thought that guy's playing the shit out of that tambourine, that's Ray Cooper. Yeah, and you see that big gong behind him. <laughs> Just wait, because he's gonna hit that motherfucker with some force. What when I saw him with Elton John play Indian Sunset? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh! But the concert venue, fucking incredible. It was nuts seeing Joni Mitchell actually like come out. Brandy Carlisle is actually. In amazing, did Brandy Carlile do any of her songs? Yeah, so she opened for okay. like Joni Mitchell and like those guys. How long did Joni go for? It went from I think they they came out probably around like God, I don't know eight o'clock, eight thirty at night, and they played until like midnight. Damn, yeah. But Joni, Joni wasn't singing like every song. Joni had like. I think she had a stroke or an aneurysm sometime Uh. like a few years ago and it kind of like ended her singing career, but she kind of like taught herself how to sing again and how to like play some guitar. Yeah. So she was doing some of it in the first song that she started singing. I did kind of have the same thought I did at the Gordon Lightfoot concert where I was like, Ooh, yeah, this might be a little rough, but like, I think her voice warmed up, and by, like, song three, she was singing, like, really good. Yeah. At a deeper tone. So, like, her rendition of Both Sides Now, like, with the new voice, I prefer to the old voice. Did she put up a parking lot? Oh, they put up a parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, they did. All right. Joni Mitchell. It was great. And I took a... This is the Adam and Brie... Uh, curse to her because, as we all know, Gordon Lightfoot dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. That didn't take long. Hey, shout out to Jimmy Carter. Unless he dies in the next like twelve hours, <laughs> when this episode he beat it. Oh man, how crazy it would be if I release this episode at four a.m. is like when I te- when I schedule for. We him. wake up Carter tomorrow. Dies at three fifty nine. We wake up tomorrow and all the flags are as half mast. <laughs> We're like motherfucker. <laughs> oh, that peanut farmer. So you had a good time. I had a good time. I have a video to show you okay. from the concert. Uh, I think we're going to have to tighten it up and edit this, but let me find it. Are we going to insert it as audio? Uh, I uh, maybe. Does it translate? Um, one second. Let's see what uh, Trump's up to. I did everything right, and they indicted me. Oh, that's too Please bad. welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazi. <laughs> You ready? Okay. You can just hold the mic up to, or the the microphone up to the microphone. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Watch, watch this. Okay. So we're at the gorge. You hit, you hit it. And oh, this hold looks the phone fun. Up to the thing. What am I looking for? Just watch the video. It's just showing the beautiful scenery. How do I? Okay. It's just crowd noise. There's ah. no music. Okay. But look at the scenery. Yeah, it looks great. It's gorgeous. The gorge. Oh, look. They got, like, uh, you see all the artist tents and stuff. I really do like this. This. Uh, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Devil six! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Please tell me that went on. <laughs> <laughs> For almost every song. Okay, so what you're not able to see here, and maybe I'll make it. I can upload the video. No, take a screenshot of the devil stick person, and that is going to be our episode art. It's going to be. So it's a beautiful. This spares me having to make episode art. It is, this is a perfect. beautiful, serene. Like the the amphitheater is carved into a hillside, so everybody's just sitting on towels and folding chairs, and the stage is down <laughs> at the bottom of the gorge. But then there's this beautiful canyon yes. in the background. It's picturesque with a river kind of carving its way through it. And I was just looking at the beautiful, serene scene, and there was one audience member. That just refused to put the devil sticks down. Was that Sinead O'Connor? It was like, but they weren't devil sticks. It was like, no, that's like a remix devil stick. They were like the two balls on a rope. And they were just like twirling and spinning. No, imagine the devil sticks with just the sticks. And I tried. You have two sticks. You don't have the third stick. So you're just spinning them around. And I tried so hard. But every time I tried to get a video of it after sunset, Someone like stood up and was oh. in the way. So that but person was doing balls, that all night. Those balls on those strings lit up once the sun went down. <laughs> <laughs> Were they glowing the dark devil sticks? It was nuts. <laughs> Now, did they ever pull out a third stick, or were they just working no, with the two just the like whole the, time? The two balls and the two strings. Do we know those aren't? De- are those devil sticks then? No. What are they? I don't know. It's like devil sticks without the entire purpose of the devil sticks. Yeah. You're just you're just waving these sticks. You're like you're like an epileptic fucking uh, person in air traffic control are, guy, like moving, like come on land. You are you're just fucking flaring all over. You are gonna have to talk to Bree about this though, because there was a moment leading up to the music starting. Oh no, where I was visibly frustrated, and she was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I gotta get this video for Tom. <laughs> I gotta get this video for Tom." But these people keep standing up and blocking my view right as I start taking a Sit video. The fuck down. <laughs> Oh, uh, we got to get devil sticks, man. Where do you think we can pick some up? Uh, I think any kite store. Has them. <laughs> There's got to be a store in town called like, let's go fly a kite. I just remember every every time I go to the Mall of America and walk by the kite store. Yes. And I was like, oh, those are there's the devil sticks. The kite store. Now, that must be one of the ones that failed after a year, right? Oh, yeah. I love the various stores that have got thrown into that fucking mall over there, the years. There was a PB and J's restaurant. Oh, there. dude, they've had literally anything. You could, there was literally just like um, there were stores. They had a train store, the Great American Train Store, That's for right. a long time. Yep. I, I don't know why that failed. Krispy Kreme um, went out of business. My favorite restaurant that has failed is Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. <laughs> <laughs> you familiar with Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania? I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So. It was there during mall, like the first WCW Monday Night Nitro, which was the TNT show. It was the live wrestling show that WCW did to compete with WWF Monday Night Raw. The first one was actually hosted in the mall rotunda. I did not know that. Of the Mall of America. So like, oh, you can look up clip. It's fucking nuts, man. So, but the, you know, in the rotunda, you can gather around and there's like all those levels. So people like look over the rails, you know, and. So it was actually like a really cool setup, but I'll never forget the scene of Lex Luger walking in. They're like, oh my God, Lex, because he had just come back from WWF and this was like his reappearance in WCW. And they made a big deal of it. And he's trying to look all badass as he's watching the match going on. He's got his fucking button up shirt and his shirt's tucked in. Very early 90s chic. And in the background, you just see the great American train star. <laughs> 
and he's he's trying to look so serious, and you just see the train store in the background. You're like, this is not a serious sport. Oh my god. But yeah, so but when they debuted Nitro there, Hulk Hogan opened up Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. Yeah, and like literally, like I looked up some of the reviews at one point. I found something. It's gone. It's long gone. I think it did. Oh, I that probably didn't even last a year. Decades. Yeah. But like some of the reviews were like, "This is literally just SpaghettiOs." <laughs> <laughs> it's he's a pasta store, and they're literally serving like fucking SpaghettiOs and shit. Like this is Hulk Hogan's. Pasta mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serving fucking SpaghettiOs. That's so Hulk, man. What a grip. Hulk Hogan is like Donald Trump in shape. He is the real American hero. He is the real American hero, but he reminds me he's like he's like Donald Trump's symbiote like in the wrestling world. Like <laughs> yeah. that's he lies all the time. You can never believe a fucking word he says. Never admits anything. He tries to say that Andre the Giant was 800 pounds when he body slammed him. <laughs> just, just bullshit. He's Trump. Um, but yeah. Anyways. So yeah, we went to the Gorge, saw that concert. The it, Gorge. Was, it was awesome. Uh, we should, the fjord. We should do a uh, remote clone cast from the Gorge for maybe a Dave Matthews concert. Oh, maybe we host. Yeah. Maybe we actually we sell tickets. And we pack them in. That'd be great. We should. You should look up how much it costs to rent the gorge for a night <laughs> to put on a show there. Like, what's the what's the what's the booking fee? I will say it was a pain in the ass to get to, but it was worth it. I can imagine it's just like a single lane road going in, well, and also, it's just backed up. Also, it's a campground. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I haven't done that in a very long time. Where you go to a music festival, yeah, and like rent a just a plot of land and yeah then you get to like pop a tent on it i have not done that in a very long time and i wasn't in the mood to do it so we ended up getting a hotel but the closest hotel was like an hour drive from there so it was a little late when we got back what but, kind of hotel econo lodge uh, micro hotel in no it's one of the super local eight? local ones super six wasn't a chain damn it was a local one did it have a cool name no, it wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't like a micro or a, uh, American. American, That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I like Americans. They always got pools. Yeah, yeah. Love but, a good hotel pool. So we flew into Seattle, went right there, and then the next day uh, we went to. Our plans were to go to Victoria, on Vancouver British Island. Columbia. It is British Columbia. It's on Vancouver Island, which uh-huh. is off of Vancouver. Um, but we went to – I had advice from people that I knew in Canada that said that you're go to the city called Port Angeles, which is kind of closer to Victoria, but it's across the Puget Sound from from Seattle. Yeah. So we drove all the way to Port Angeles, and that was a four-and-a-half-hour drive. And by the time we got there, uh, we couldn't get on the ferry because we didn't have tickets in advance. And the standby line, because there was some bridge closure, was like – I, I think we were number 23 in the standby line. And I asked the person by the counter, I was like, okay, how long have you been working here? And I think she said something like, oh, I've been here for like two years or three years. And I was like, be honest with me. What's the furthest back in the standby line you've, you've ever, ever seen, seen get, get on this ferry? And she was like, maybe 15. And I was like, okay, well, we got to do something else then. <laughs> and she was like, if I were you, I would drive to Vancouver right now. Because Vancouver has a different ferry port that goes to Victoria, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it at the time, but for whatever reason, Port Angeles has three ferries a day 
and I think it's a small ferry because they don't have many cars on it. Yeah. But the Vancouver ferry port is much more robust. Okay. They have, like, ferries on the hour, and they're having, like, semis and shit on that fucking boat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you bring your car? Did you ever rent the car? Yeah. Did you bring it on the ferry? Yeah. Oh, that's Well, that was the plan. Oh, that's exciting. But we drove four and a half hours to Port Angeles, and then we drove four and a half hours to Vancouver, but I think I put in the port wrong in in uh, in Google Maps or Waze, and it had us like go through the city, and it just of brought Vancouver? us. Yes, brought us to the completely like wrong location, so we missed our second ferry. Did you get day. high in Vancouver? No, actually, you did, which is a shame because it's legalized there. I think it's legal in Washington too. Yeah, it yeah. is, but it's still you can't bring it across borders because it's federally illegal that's stupid i know it's yeah stupid and ridiculous well apparently on august 1st it's legal here yeah but we won't have anywhere to buy it for a year probably because oh, tobacco got... stores they'll they'll get their shit together you think so i think so man i'm gonna be smoking some dirty swag from a fucking <laughs> uh, maybe i should go to maharaja's is that, is that what it's gonna take to have you start smoking or are you gonna continue on the gummy path no it's always gonna be the gummy path what's why smoke why smoke it? Why why cough? Why fuck up my lungs when I can just eat a tasty little gummy? I feel gummy? like it's more consistent. The gummies are hit and miss. No, nah, I found a good brand. Okay. You got to find the right brand. Um, and that's the thing. When they legalized that five milligrams here, it was just a fucking shit show. Yeah. It was just like weird companies from all over like sending in their five milligram edibles. And I don't know, man. I think any of like the reputable companies, it took a little while for them to get going. But there's one that's based here. Out of Minneapolis called Botany Farms. I found it. They're fucking great. I'm going to stick with them for whenever this full transition comes. So when I start buying. should pull for a sponsorship. Oh, yeah. I should. I should. Although they didn't like my last email I sent. Because <laughs> I asked them if they changed the flavoring on the watermelon. Because I got a batch that was funky. I was very nice about it. But I was just kind of like, it didn't taste like the watermelon. It tasted gross. And I had a really bad high off it. Um, and they're like, oh, we changed something slightly up, but no, it should be the same. Okay. I think I think they packaged it wrong. I think it might have been the passion fruit. Oh. I'm a watermelon guy. Yeah. So that's when I had my really bad high that one day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I also took some weed. Uh, I took an edible that I found at Down in the Valley that was like 10 bucks, and it was 50 milligrams. Um, And, like, you open it up, and it's the stickiest fucking substance ever. It's like just thrown together it's like it's like if i tried to make like a gelatin snack right and it's not it's just a 50 milligram brick and it's got little slots where you're supposed to cut oh, it yeah, yeah. A, and i'm just like i tried Don't cutting it down do the work yeah i tried cutting it down it just fucking ruined the scissors that i was using yeah. so i just ate the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> i flew but it was not good i had to go in like a corner and just kind of sit there for a while i gotta pee really bad <laughs> Um, I do have to pee really bad. Should we take a quick break? Yeah. Right about a half an hour. Okay. Take a quick break. Okay, I'm back from my pee. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have to get a prostate exam. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pee a lot. I think around this age, that's when you're supposed to get them. Well, I've already had a couple colonoscopies. That, that's that's got to be nothing compared to a colonoscopy. Yeah. I have I have a lady doctor. I don't know if I want her shoving her finger up my butt. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Brenda's about to get very familiar with me. 
Now, I, I think I do drink too much liquid, though. I When I'm drinking liquid, I drink a lot very fast. I don't think that does anything to your prostate, though. Yeah, but I'm consuming a lot of... So I pee more. Yeah, but that's a completely different organ than your prostate. What do you think your prostate does? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just know... I just know that when it gets enlarged, you're, you're, you pee a lot more. Yeah, and I'm not a doctor. I don't fucking know. Maybe that is related, but... I don't know, man. I think the prostate, like, cuts off your... It's the muscle that controls the... Well, it produces semen, too, but... Yeah, it, it, it's a small gland in men that helps make semen. Yes. It wraps around the tube that carries urine and semen on the body. So if That's it enlarges, it pushes against the pee tube. And it's harder to cut it off. Yeah. yeah. It pushes against the pee tube, and then it's the pee. That's very true. You got to let it go. Anyways... Um, yeah, I'm not a big prostate You're going to have a prostate exam by the next episode. Unlikely. <laughs> I guess maybe. Who knows? But yeah, so Vancouver was nice. We got to Vancouver. Uh, the other part, too, the thing that I think made us miss our second ferry. Uh, I'd never been out of the country before. So once we crossed the border, we both immediately lost cell coverage. Ah. Because I didn't realize you have to switch to roaming. Yeah. So once we figured that stuff out, though, we were all good. So okay. we, we took the ferry to Victoria the next day, spent a few days in Victoria on Vancouver Island, which is, I don't know, if you want to make a local comparison to St. Paul to Vancouver's Minneapolis, very small and quaint okay. on the island. It was beautiful. Very nice. Okay. And then we went back to Vancouver for a couple of days, went up to Whistler, and then to the airport and back home. Did you hike? I mean, I've heard there's some good hikes there. I mean, a little bit. We walked through a couple of parks, and when we yeah. got to Whistler, we took the gondolas up the mountain. Okay. And then we walked around the mountain, but it was nothing too strenuous. See, I'm going to have to go somewhere now so I can have a vacation talk. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to Des Moines. Where's that? Did <laughs> <laughs> I ever tell you about my friend? She wanted me to go to... I was just going to say, Des- where are you going to go, Hudson? <laughs> yeah, well, I could go to Hudson. It's been a while. <laughs> I haven't had any reason to go to Wisconsin since I started being able to buy liquor on Sundays mm-hmm. here. Um, oh, remember how I said I was done making fun of Wisconsin and it's not that bad? Yeah. Fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> so I went to a Twins game, right? I went to the Twins game on Wednesday last week. So right when you were going out of town, I went to Twins game. And that's when we had, from the Canadian wildfires, we were just a fucking haze of smoke in this town. And it got progressively worse on Wednesday. Like, by Wednesday evening, it was awful yeah i saw from when i was in canada i saw that we had like the worst air in the nation at the time yeah um but it slowly got worse it was a day game so it slowly got worse as the day went on but we were playing the milwaukee brewers yeah some of the dumbest fucking people you'll ever see (laughs) showed up for this sat right in front of me right down the third baseline now these fucking people they're cheering for the brewers right so they're brewers fans it's a hot day out it's summer it's muggy um, these people were getting hit by the sun pretty hard there. And so usually what you do when you go to a baseball game, you wear a hat. Um, it blocks out the sun or you bring sunglasses or something. This family of three, um, it was like the, I don't know, probably late teens, early twenties son. Um, and then parents probably 55 to 60 years old, um, cheering for the brewers. They sat down right in front of us. They really didn't talk to each other the entire time. They just sat there. The only noise they made is when the Brewers did something good. Okay. But about the fourth or fifth inning, the dad gets up, 
goes. I mean, you go to a place, you go take a piss. Comes back with three hats. Gives everybody a hat. And they're all twins hats. And it's like, these fuckers <laughs> didn't think ahead to bring their stupid fucking brewer's hats. So they fucking, they can't handle the sun, so they go and buy three twins hats, and they're all sitting there wearing twins hats, cheering for the brewers. That's good stuff. Very interesting. Very Wisconsin of yeah. them. Um, and then, I don't know, probably about the sixth or seventh inning, I was looking, you know, right behind them, so I'm able to see what's going on. On The mom got bored and went on Twitter, and sure enough, was looking up, like, Trump propaganda about how the indictment's phony and stuff, and just all the right-wing talking points. So I'm just watching. Just, I'm trying to get, I'm off of Twitter right now, mostly. Did your dad try to spark, spark up a conversation with her about that? No. Um, he paid more attention to the gal sitting to the right of him than he did to me. Okay. I think I've mentioned before, when we go to things together, my dad ends up finding other people more interesting than me. <laughs> we don't have much in common. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have sports in common. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but it was a really good time with dad. He only tried to get me going twice, I think. Um, you sidestepped that landmine, though? Yeah, but then on Father's Day, on Sunday, I went over there for uh, lunch, and we watched the ball game on TV, and he tried to get me going again, and I... He busted out a fucking book. A book. Okay, now, do you know who Liz Collin is? No. Okay, so Liz... Thankfully. Liz Collin is a former WCCO anchor. Um, she is married to Bob Kroll. Do you know who that is? Sounds oh the police union the police union yeah. chief guy that goes on like Fox News the worst police union captain in the country yeah like that a was, regular guest on like Tucker Carlson when that Tucker was, was yeah. the head of the Minneapolis police union yeah. so Liz who Collins, was just formally what was it the 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 FBI issued something formally citing the Minneapolis Police Department oh yeah as one of the worst in the country well, for, the depart after the George Floyd thing the Department of Justice. Obviously, you know, like something like that happens. <laughs> yes. You're going to have the feds come in and investigate your department. That's how things go. And they found a bunch of issues with the MPD. Um, but yeah, Bob. So Liz Collin, former WCCO, which is our CBS affiliate here in the Twin Cities, married Bob Kroll. Um, she got let go of WCCO, probably because I'm guessing she went in there and was saying crazy shit. Would be my guess. She claims it was because of their liberal bias, of course. But I'm sure she was saying things, you know, and something she was met, some... apparently in the book. Like, I, I, I was so annoyed that he tried showing me this chapter that I did a deep. I went home immediately and I did a deep dive on all the things he tried to say to me. And sure enough, like her entire thing is like an aggrievance. Like, yeah, it's a liberal bias, this and that. Um, she claims that um, she complained about the fact that whenever there was a crime-related story she had and she was reporting on it, she would have to say, full disclosure, I am married to Bob, which is just normal journalistic yeah. practice. If you're going, if you if you have a inherited, you know, if you have a bias that's built in based in your personal life, you're kind of have to be like, hey, just so you know. Well, just like I, I think there are other stations that say, oh, just so you know that we are affiliated with the Washington Post, who is owned, owned by, by Jeff, by Jeff Bezos, Bezos, because this story we're doing is on. right. It's a common standard journalistic practice to reveal any potential biases that you may have whether it's a you know i mean especially if it's like an editorial of some kind but um anyway she complains about that in the book but the the chapter that really fucking the one that he brought up to me is my dad's a former cop right and so like 
it's so he it's like half his personality. It's just like yeah, I went down to the Bloomington police station today and checked in with the boys, brought him some coffee and stuff. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, so you go to church. He goes to church every day and then he like goes to like the Bloomington police department and like hangs out with them. With stuff. guys with Punisher skulls on their yeah. shoulders. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> but like she literally has an entire chapter in her book. I mean, the, the book is called like the media, the left and the death of George Floyd. They're lying or something like that. And the entire chapter is her, like, arguing that, like, Derek there's, Chauvin didn't kill him. There's got to be a colon in that title at some point. There is. I'm just I'm <laughs> pulling it out of my ass. I think it's called They're Lying. <laughs> colon, you know. Okay. But she claims in the book that they were covering it up because it was, like, this big conspiracy to cover up the death of George Floyd and that he wasn't actually killed by Derek Chauvin. Um, he died of a, he died of a fentanyl overdose, um, and the, they just covered it up because of all the riots and everything, and they didn't want craziness. Ah, so really novel idea there. Never heard something like that before from people on the right. Yeah, um, so they figured out if Derek Chauvin uh, kneed on a guy's neck for, for nine minutes, for nine minutes, he would make it and die of the fentanyl overdose. But if he would have held on. For 11 minutes, that would have killed him. Yeah. First of all, it's not true. That's not true. They literally brought toxicologists that went on to a stand under oath and gave their testimony on this. Multiple. The Hennepin County, uh, the Hennepin County, um, what's the guy's name? The head, the head mortician. The head mortician for Hennepin County, two days after, was like, yeah, here's the toxicology results, but he died of this. Yeah. Now, there was, like, fentanyl in his system, and it was, like, 11-something, 11, 11 mil, whatever. I don't know how they're... But, anyways, the point is, he didn't die of a fentanyl overdose. He did have fentanyl in his system, but he did not die of a, of a fentanyl overdose. He died of having somebody's knee on his neck, and he had, you know, he had some artery issues, of course. Like, but that's, like, people with, like, when, like, somebody dies from COVID, they're like, well, they had... They were, they were this and that. It's like, yeah, but they wouldn't have died from that right now. <laughs> If they didn't get COVID, COVID is the reason they died. I think the died. most part was a guy kneeing on someone's well, I know. neck for nine minutes. And even my stepmom was like, Daniel, no, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's nuts when your stepmom is coming yeah. in. I was like, Dad, what did your eyes see? I mean, honestly, like, don't listen to this shit. It made me so fucking mad that my dad is spending the last years of his life thinking that there's some government fucking conspiracy it's and fun. trying to make excuses for a fucking cop that murdered a guy in broad daylight. That's the thing I've come to realize, though, is, like, these are the dudes, the aggro dudes that, like, for their entire lives, it was drilled into their heads, like, no, you can't be a nerd. You can't be a nerd. You can't like nerd things. <laughs> like, they've discovered what it is to, like, find a narrative and dig deeper into lore, but... They're just latching on to something <laughs> that is like grifters that are like trying to pass fiction for reality. But that's the weird thing about my dad, because my dad is not one of those Punisher Skull guys. My dad is just like this, you know, this boomer with yeah, like yeah. good intentions. But he's like he's like this lovely Catholic man, like. As far as a Catholic man can be lovely. He's like, I love you, son. You know, you're so great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's just like the most positive, friendly guy. Yeah. 
And so just the fact that, like, we're having this nice day, we're watching the ball game, everybody's getting along, and then he comes in, he's like, you're look at this. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, it's man? something that solidifies his worldview. I know that, but I... It's ridiculous. Look, if the book was, you know, if you want to fucking talk about, you know, like, you think it'd be better if we cut taxes and you have your fucking reasons <laughs> for it. But please, please... Leave the culture war bullshit behind, because you're not on the right side of history. Uh huh. What do you think Don Shelby's opinion is on all this? Don Shelby's woke. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Ed, I'm you just... kidding me with that hair. You're sitting there saying he died of a fentanyl overdose when I could literally disprove that based on the video I just watched that featured a fucking medical doctor. Or I could disprove it based on the fucking testimony of the medical examiner. Or of the fucking... Why, why are these... Multiple witnesses that were there on the scene. But don't worry. Um, we have to... Uh, the left is curtailing speech. These fucking idiots talk louder than anyone. And the left is curtailing speech. I'm sorry that the Disney movies has a black lady. Oh, too bad. So happy Father's Day. Yeah, but we had a nice time. Yeah, yeah. I kept I kept the rage to a very minimum, but I just kind of like scoffed and I was like, "Dad, you got to stop doing this stuff with your time. Like, do something better with your fucking time, man." It's nuts that he's still like that when he's 80, 80, 81, 82? He's Paul McCartney's age, same year as Paul McCartney, eighty one. So older than sixty four. He's, he's older than Paul. Okay. Paul just had a birthday. Yeah. Beetle talk. <laughs> No, but it just, I don't know, man. I, I just got sad and mad. Yeah. Because I don't know why my dad, he's he he has the life that he wants. He loves his wife. They have their house. You know, he's got, my stepsister has, you know, a couple grandkids that view him as a grandpa, so I don't have to breed for him. <laughs> you know, like, he's a very nice, loving father. <laughs> he doesn't understand the modern world, but I just hate seeing him. Like, just sitting there reading this book, and I can just see him, like, stewing with anger that they did this to this poor police officer. And it's just all a lie. Yeah. And and the parts of it, if it's not a lie, it's just incredibly lazy writing and just incredibly lazy journalism. Like, I'm sure there's real citations within that book, but, but if you're going to go ahead and try to say that it wasn't a fucking murder, I mean, come on. Stop fucking lying yeah. to yourself. It's a shitty fucking book. I'm going to read it. Um... I should read it since it, <laughs> since it caused such an uproar with yeah. me. <laughs> Maybe don't. Oh, okay. There's other books you could read. Yeah, I'll reread Ruben. Have you read The Lorax? That might be a good one for you. We talked about The Lorax before. I know. Before. That's why I'm bringing it up. I know this guy, The Lorax. <laughs> oh, I did look up. So when we were in Vancouver, I was trying to find like local places to go. And I remember... Oh, God, where were we? Oh, in Austin. We went to... We just stumbled upon a place called, I think, Workhorse Books, and it was like a used bookstore, but it had kind of like a socialist slant to it, where Workhorse they were like, books. they were like zines in like, uh, like a, a toiletries, like take and leave like situation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a very cool store. So you're a zine guy. You're not so, a sign guy. <laughs> no, I didn't. So I'm not I a, call it zine. I'm not a huge zine guy. Oh no, I I'm not a zine guy. I'm just saying, how do you pronounce it? Some people say zine. So I looked up uh, any kind of like socialist bookstore and I did go to a place and I was not disappointed because I found a couple of books that I ended up getting. Uh, there's a graphic novel depiction 
of Marx's Das Kapital. Okay. So I picked that guy up. Well, that's right up here. It's got pictures. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. I now you... that'll that'll bridge the gap yeah. a little bit. This is very exciting for you. You're going to read a book. <laughs> You're going to read a book. It's going to be great. How do they, you know, I'm going to read a book kind of. So it's it's a picture book of kind. So it's a graphic novel of Das Kapital. Okay. How do they like what are some of the images like? I think like? they're I mean, just they're just trying to summarize some of Marx's theories. Yeah, was there like flow charts or there There's just charts? Okay. But they all seem to have like a clip art like head of Karl Marx just like on a cartoon body as he's like walking around. Okay. How yeah. many pages is it? Don't know. Okay. It's reasonable. You know what? I I'll read I'll read Das Capital. You read your graphic novel. And then we can have a see who comes out with more. Yeah, we can bring together a book corner. It's been a while since we've done the reading rainbow, and that's your favorite theme. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is your favorite. You know, you could read a book and bring it back. It is a good one. All right, we'll do that. I'd be very curious to compare liner notes between your graphic novel read and my read of the original text. Very exciting times ahead. Do they have any Zizek that's in a graphic novel? So on their website, <laughs> on their website, so it's not an immediate no. <laughs> on their website, Zizek was like featured like on the front page sure so. i did i've read one book by zizek he's a funny guy could you read it in anything other than his voice no like i would read it with his unique yeah yeah i love that man i think he's hilarious and i think he's very insightful but i can't listen to him if i'm about to eat because i'm just like <laughs> this is gross dude he's he's like slurpy and just when i'm ever in a bad mood all i need to do is watch him in that weird debate with Jordan Peterson where oh he almost God. makes him cry because he just keeps asking him like like honest questions just yeah. in his way. He was like, I'm very confused. <laughs> like, where, show me the Marxist. Where are the Marxists? You why is he talking about? Why is it when anybody that's not like Dave Rubin or <laughs> or like Michael Knowles or any of these guys? Why is it that they all get confused when Peterson's talking? <laughs> Yeah. No, like literally, that's not the first time I've heard somebody get confused yep. listening to Sam Harris famously was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking also, about. Also, famously, point. Joe Rogan was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and like actually held his feet to the fire on a couple of things. You know, you can say a lot about Joe Rogan, but the guy does at least ask questions when he's like, <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah. what? You know, Joe Rogan is many things. He's not an actual idiot. I mean, breaking. Uh, well, in a. In, he asks questions. He you, I'm not going to call somebody. Okay, he does. I'm not going to call somebody who's curious an idiot. Right, but I will. Th the reason why I've kind of like shifted gears on Joe Rogan is I feel like he has changed the guests that he has yeah. on his show. Like yeah. he frequently used to have on people that would share a different perspective, and all of a sudden he seemed to kind of like have less and less of those guys and more and more of people that are actually white supremacists on his show and be like, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you when you go from having, like... Um, I mean, the guy said... He said... I, the only full interviews I've watched from Rogan, I think, are probably Bernie Sanders, where she famously said, I think I'm going to vote for you. Um, he endorsed Bernie. He's going from voting to Bernie Sanders to voting for Ron, Ron DeSantis. Ha! <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, well, it just shows he doesn't really have any ideology. No. It's just wherever the wind's taken and what sounds good to him at yeah. the time. Um, but 
No, I mean, I, I listened to Bernie, and that was a good one. Um, he also had, uh, I forget the guy's name. He's the um, he's the head infectious disease experts at the University of Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a pretty, he was around a lot in the early pandemic, and he showed up on Rogan like a month before it even hit here, and yeah. was like, yeah, this is happening, and it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to shut a lot of shit down. Get ready. Uh, I mean, he basically called the entire thing. He's like, and we don't have medicine for it right now. We don't, you know, we don't know what works. And yeah, and Rogan went from like actually seriously buying into what he was talking about and being like, oh fuck, this is actually serious, to like having a guy with his own YouTube channel on, <laughs> to yeah. be like, oh no, vaccines don't work, and being like, oh cool, interesting, all right. Michael Osterholm, that's the one. Yeah, smart guy. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he didn't get the vaccine. He famously, when he got it, he took uh, like ivermectin. He threw the he threw the kitchen sink at it. I believe is what he called. It. He got ivermectin, mononuclear antibodies. I think I played that on here before. <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my dad is, uh, you know, they're slowly warping his mind even more, more and more as he as he barrels down the path towards nothingness <laughs> <laughs> or actually no i mean uh eternity in heaven with our lord and savior Jesus there it Christ. is um i hope he's right yeah it'd certainly be a lot nicer than nothing wouldn't it i don't know though eternity yeah that's a big it's that's a big ask that's a big ass even as a kid in like third grade i was like this sounds not that great yeah like that seems kind of weird to me uh-huh like when i go somewhere if i go watch a movie i know it's going to end at some point Everything has a beginning and an end. Fuck, movies are starting to creep into three and a half hours. Hey, man. I want to kill myself when it gets close to that two and a half hour mark. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's certain ones where I'm down with it. Um, but, you know, I'm not interested in seeing a three hour version of Craven the Hunter. Um, <laughs> wait, what is. You You're know, sure they have a live action rhino in that guy? They do? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh. Sony is pathetic. Um, Sony might they're they don't know they have fucking they have rights to Spider Man and they don't know what the fuck to do with. <laughs> like you would think after two Venoms, I mean, I watched the first Venom and I like Tom Hardy, so it was enjoyable enough, but it was not a good movie. But you would think after two Venoms, fucking Morbius, who's universally panned. Yeah, I still haven't watched it, even though I joked about watching it for like a month straight. Never watched it. You think they would have learned their lesson by now that maybe Craven the Hunter is not the way to go? Like, Spider-Man C-Villains? Morbius? Like, dude, that's like a C-Villain. He had a good arc, though. In that cartoon, I love that arc. He had a good arc, but he's still a C-Villain, <laughs> even within that show. Yeah. I mean, you've got like you got the Sinister Six. No movies outside of that. None. Stop. What about Scorpion? Scorpion coming into that? Eh. <laughs> eh. I don't know. He's like a B villain, I'd say. Um, They even fucked up Electro, man. How do you fuck up Electro? They made him all blue. <laughs> it was like fucking Dr. Manhattan. What are you doing? MCU kind of fixed it. They got Jamie Foxx and gave him the actual kind of... Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want Jamie Foxx in a fucking crazy fucking mask that has three lightning bolts going all over the place. Yeah, just give stuff. me some fucking camp, man. Just if you're gonna make these villains, do it campy. 
Dude, they even fucked up Rhino in the fucking 30 seconds that they had him on. Remember that? Paul Giamatti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul Giamatti was like, well, I'm going to eat for fucking years now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's the last scene from the Amazing Spider-Man series. Yeah. That's it. No, we're not doing it. I don't know. A lot of talented actors in that series, yep. though. Just, it's Sony, man. Who played Dr. Connors? What's that guy's name? Oh, it's... uh, uh, uh The British guy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I was mixing it up with uh, Gwen Stacy's dad. Uh, oh, Dennis Leary? Dennis Leary. Yeah. Dennis Leary. Now, there's a comedian. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to smoke a fucking cigarette I'm an and swear. Asshole, and I'm going to do a whole special about it. Yeah. I'm going to drive down the middle of the street going 20 miles per hour. You know why? Because I'm an American and I'm an asshole. <laughs> That's like literally he got like rich off shit like that. Yeah, but that was before like radio DJs and TV personalities made that their entire shtick. Yeah, true. Dennis Dennis Leary was like, I'm going to do one comedy special about this and then move on. Yeah. Now, that asshole song is very catchy. It is. It's a catchy little number. Um, and it's all about just littering and eating cheeseburgers yeah. and smoking cigarettes. Um, but it's a catchy song. Um, anyways, um, bad comedians reign supreme in America. Happens a lot. Andrew Dice Clay. You mentioned that Dat fan. Dat fan. Before we went there. What are we even talking about? Anyway, Vancouver. <laughs> lovely city. Hey, we got some mail. Lovely city. You wanna, oh, we haven't even done Sega Bass Fishing yet. Yeah. We'll get to it in the mail. Should we do the mail? Yeah. Okay. Mail. I wanted to sound like Mo, but it was... <laughs> like, give me Mo. Give me Mo. Mo. Mail. Uh, that's Gimme More by Britney Spears. Mo, um, taking suggestions on what we should do for your theme music, because that was really, sorry, it was not good. Maybe you liked it. It was a first attempt. Oh, by the way, Lexus reached out. Down by the Bay is the song of choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a Journey fan. Uh -huh. Anyway, so I win. Um, okay, so Mo actually has a voicemail that she sent in via DM on Twitter, and you're going to get a kick out of this story. Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay had to record this because I didn't want to type it all out. Um, <laughs> my friend the other day, I was on the phone with him and he was like, yeah, I was listening to this podcast and then it ended and then another show started and it was just so many sound effects and it was just like so many sound effects just like thrown in my face and he didn't even finish the sentence and I was like, it was the clone cast and it was. It, <laughs> one of your guys' episodes just like played after another <laughs> podcast. He was, it was like a socialist podcast. <laughs> for some reason, the clone cast played after. And I just thought that was great. I thought that I was like, wow, how well do I know these dumbass bitches that like two, you know, not even like a couple words into the sentence. It was just all these sound effects pl started playing out of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely a clone cast episode. <laughs> Well, now you do, you shit! Surely you just. He's been bopping and scatting, and I'm losing it! What's the deal with politics? I don't get it. Am I right, people? Baby, you got a stugo. Old bear. He likes the honey. Hi, Captain. Yeah. It could be the Those next Those greedy, weasley bastards. Okay, it really is a shotgun blast of sound effects. I like the sound effects. <laughs> The only thing that hinders me is the amount of keys on a keyboard. I I have all these segments and stuff, and I have the audio clips. Like, 
if I could do an entire keyboard of sound effects, I would be having a real <laughs> like I'd be you know. I I try to keep it to I know there's a lot, but I try to keep it within reason. We do talk quite a bit. Yes, we do. Yeah. But it does start off pretty heavy with the sound effects. <laughs> so I thought you'd get a kick out of that. That's pretty good. So that's, that's uh, Mo Mail. Mo also provided the Sega Bass Fishing sound effect of the week. Should also, we get into Mo, that? did your friend listen past the intro? What yeah. did he think? Did they leave five-star review? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the Sega Bass Fishing sound yeah. effect of the week? All right. Enjoy, Enjoy your fishing. Your fishing. Get a new tournament passport. It's the Bass Fishing Sound Effect of the Week. Okay, so Mo picked number 93, um, and I think Heath sent some in, and we have a couple other things. Maybe uh, Gary M.M. Bonds, or maybe the client had sent some more. So we got a few. I some on deck. I did mention that I was going to post the updated one in the Discord. I forgot to do that for a whole week, so we'll have to do that tomorrow. Um, but Mo picked number 93, so you ready for this bad boy? Yeah. Let's fire it up. This one's enormous. No. <laughs> this is really something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's like two for one. Yeah. I'm turning it up. Brace yourself. This one's enormous. This is really something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one might that might be a mainstay. I might not I might have to put this on the All right. What what are we going to lose? <laughs> what are we going to lose? Should I get rid of this? Well, hello James Lipton. <laughs> I'm King Lot. Um there's, there's that's an option. I do use that one as kind of like a little breather when Buffer. I need to compose yeah. myself because it's about 16 seconds. How about this one? What brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. Well, we need to keep that one for yeah. Keati Moondi. If we happen to mention Moondi, we need that yeah. at the ready. You just mentioned Moondi, by the way, so... What brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. Okay, that's how about this one? Niles. <laughs> Absolutely not. We're keeping that one. Uh, how about this one? I think we got to lose King Lord. Really? Yeah. Uh, how about this one? I did everything right and they indicted me. All right. That one's the mainstay. Uh, King Lord's gone. Yeah. King Lord's gone, and this is the new mainstay. This one's enormous. This is really something. <laughs> I think I remember that from Acting. the game. What's that? I think I remember that from the game. Oh, that's when you that catch, was like, when you got that's the, you get, like, biggest the eighteen point five pounder yep. at the castle. Yeah. Oh, yep. I love the cat. We should probably plug. I that was in. gone for a week. I was expecting you to like have a story about how you started playing Sega Bass Fishing. No, I was too busy just like listening to my dad parrot right wing talking points. Anyways, uh, what should we get into? What what are we doing here? Um, we did vacation talk. We really talked for a long time. Uh, Zelda going well for you? Oh, I did play a new game. Um, so you finished Zelda? I did finish. Is Zelda. there an intro that we want to play before this? We can do a quick video game talk intro. Video game talk. We all know how that goes. We'll, we'll let me skit scat in the background. I'm going to turn it down. Here. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you want to say about Zelda? Because so you, I have some thoughts about the other game that I did finish Zelda. You finished it. Yeah, I mean, now, 
you haven't finished it yet. No. I mean, you're just kind of getting into some of the temples. I don't want it to end. I understand that. But I'm also like a hundred and some hours ahead of you. Yeah. Because you went out of town. Um, you have a life. I don't. Um, you, you know, whatever. There's multiple reasons. But no, I had put in, I've put, I had put in like way more time than you. So it, it came to a point where I was like, okay, Tom. Okay. We're going to go do this. We're going to, we're going to finish this off because it just, it was time. Did you finish off all the maps? Like, no. Did you go underground to get all of the light routes? No. Okay. That, and that's something I'll probably go back and do um, at some point. I'm just taking a breather. Yeah, I'm not yeah. done with the game by any means. I do want 100% it. I just, I was at a point where I was like, I got to play something else. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want to get sick of it. You don't, you know, you don't oh, want to, you don't want to lose interest yeah. in it. So, uh, but yeah, I did finish it off. Um, you know, and I think the main story is probably twenty five ish hours. Yeah, and I put in a hundred and sixty. <laughs> I think I haven't looked at the There's final. A lot tally. of wandering, but yeah, I mean, I definitely put in my time on the game. But I did finish it off. Um, really enjoyable ending. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you or anything, but I would say uh, a a. V- I- I don't know, man. I got to play Red Dead again before I give the crown to one or the other. But it's it's right up there. Yep. It's an incredible game. And if you have the means, you should play it. It's incredible. <laughs> so um, now I followed it up with a Garrick recommendation this weekend. Um, Garrick had told me, he's like, you got to try this game. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I ordered it off eBay for like eight bucks, like three months ago when Garrick recommended it. And I was like, I'm going to do this one right after probably the greatest game of all time. Now, I played Heavy Rain. Are you familiar? Oh! <laughs> I remember when that came out. Yes. And now it's, a, it's kind of like a, a, it's an adventure. It's a story game. It's like a true crime story game. Not true crime. A crime. You know, it's like a, it's, it's like a whodunit type thing. And, um, yeah, you're playing like a detective, yeah. aren't you? Now, yeah, the controls are very clunky. Now, I'm going to say this off the bat. I do like the game. I actually quite enjoyed the game, and I got very invested in the characters, despite all of its flaws. And there are many, many flaws. Um, the controls are horribly clunky. Horribly clunky. Like, just a mess. Like... It took me half the fucking game to even feel comfortable moving. It's just... And you, I went from literally, like, the most streamlined, perfect gameplay of all time. Zelda. Fucking Tears of the Kingdom. It's, like, perfect. I have no complaints about anything I did on a controller. It's incredible. It's very intuitive. There's a ton to do. To probably the worst controls of all time. Like... You walk by holding down R2, and then you kind of, like, guide with the left analog stick. It's very dialogue-based, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to have dialogue prompts and stuff. Like, I think L.A. Noir kind of yeah, did yeah. it, too, where your decisions impact the outcome of the game, ultimately. Any kind of, like, action or anything is done via, like, button, uh, button combinations. So, it's like, hit square now so you can block this guy's punch. yeah. yeah. You know, and it's all, but you're not, you're not like running around during the fights or anything. You're just hitting button prompts. Um, no, I did enjoy the game, but it is fucking weird, man. Like, you've heard, you know, the Uncanny Valley, right? Where it's just like, stuff gets to a point of. Yes, like, there's certain times in that game where I like look at it, and this game came out in like 2010. 
at the time it came out, I remember articles being written about it where they were talking about how, like, oh, my God, video games have turned a corner. Like, this is so realistic. Like, and that's the creepy. thing I can really appreciate about it is, like, it tried to do things that no game had yes. done before. And I think it did succeed in certain ways. But the graphics, it came out in 2010. There are certain times where you just kind of, like, you know, you just take a look at, like, whatever scene you're in or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, this looks amazing and this is a playstation 3 that i'm playing it at. i'm like this looks fucking awesome and then like one of the character's eyes will like move very <laughs> you know, like where's his eye going you know like what and it's just so there's certain like it's like well the... are they going for like a columbo thing it's like you reach that uncanny <laughs> valley where you're like this it it looks close at certain areas but then there's times where it's like the uncanny valley was swallowed whole by yeah, a, yeah. just like went straight into a black hole and you're just like what the fuck just what is going on here um so there's just a lot of the dialogue is just i mean whoever directed the game i i gotta assume the actors were kind of like what why did you use that take or why because some of the dialogue is just oh my god like when you're looking for your son and you're have you seen the clippers like sean sean have you seen that <laughs> it's like a I think I have yeah a um yeah it's just it's very it takes you out of it quite a bit for some reason though like you do get invested in these characters and like kind of like who is the killer yeah, you, you know like, what's through. Going on? very interesting stuff um but yeah i mean some of the the animations the are just really creepy and just weird and just take you right out of it but it's a good game and it tried to do some things that were at the time so did you finish it oh i finished it yeah okay. i mean it's only like eight to ten hours right. probably i mean it's just a story really now you could go back and like do different decisions and stuff like that um to get a different outcome um i gotta assume this obviously the killer is still the same no matter Yeah, because i walked in today you're playing gta 5 so. yeah now i'm on the gta 5 <laughs> um but yeah so i mean it's by that quantic dream who um got uh, hired on by uh, Lucasfilm to do that uh, High Republic game. Oh, remember? Yeah, but like the Quantic the Dream shut down pretty quickly. Well, it's not. It's still apparently in production. Oh, I've I've gone on record as saying I. I mean, I never played a Quantic Dream game before, but I I think I've said multiple times like I don't think this game's ever getting made. It's not going to happen. I just don't see it. Um, but if they got their hands on a Star Wars property, oh my god. I don't know what the fuck would go. This is fucking wild shit, well, speaking man. Speaking of that, dude, you saw the trailers to Outlaws. That looks cool. That looks very intriguing. That looks incredible. Yeah. The the trailer for Outlaws looks incredible. Yep. But it is Ubisoft. I know. And I was kind of, I asked Garrick, I was like, what's the deal with Ubisoft these days? Like, because back in my day. Yeah. They would do all these big titles and they would just fuck them up. Well, it was weird because they had they were they had Assassin's Creed, and I remember I remember when Assassin's Creed got announced. Though I was like, "Holy shit!" And then you play while, the first one, like it's just well, repetitive. I, it's very repetitive. But I remember like a few sequels. They had two studios. I think they had one in Toronto and one in L.A. or something like that, or one in San Francisco, and they had them on separate years. So, like, one studio w would release one, and then the next studio would release one the following year. Sure. And one studio always was doing something better than the other one. Yeah. 
And so I remember those ones were like actually really fun to play. Yeah, there's Ubisoft, and then they have those like there's Ubisoft Montreal, or maybe that's um, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I know Rocksteady Studios did it too with like the Batman games. Yep. Like Arkham Origins was actually made by like their Montreal studios, right. which was a different production team. They just took kind of like the same design of everything and they incorporated. Which I, there's not a bad Arkham game. There's not a bad, but anyways, um, yeah, but Ubisoft very hit or miss back in the day, and they would release trailers that awesome and gameplay that looks that awesome, and then the game would get delayed. Um, some of them would just get canceled altogether. Like they were just like out of all like the AAA or whatever you want to fucking call them studios, they are the biggest mess. Well, them and EA really. It's, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. Watching that trailer, there were certain things where it's like that looks fucking amazing. There's no way they're going to be able to to deliver on that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I still don't think that the uh, Star Wars Eclipse game is ever going to get made, though. Yeah. But I, I really do want to see what it would be like <laughs> if there's, like, some High Republic Jedi having a tense conversation and then all of a sudden, like, his nose starts moving in a weird way. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, the load screens on Heavy Rain are just really close up of the characters' faces. And you'll look at it, you're like, Holy shit, man, this is a PS3 game. But then when you see it in action, it's just off. It's just off. And it's off to the point where it's just very alarming. And it's just kind of like, this is weird, man. It is fucking weird. But, yeah, I mean, the voice acting, um, parts of it are good. Parts of it are terrible. But it's not terrible because the voice actors are terrible. It's terrible because whoever directed it just didn't. When you're yelling for your son that's missing, that you've been searching for, and you're yelling for him, you think you're in the right area to find him, and he, like he literally his entire life hinges on you, and you're just going, Sean, 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 you know, and it's just, that's that couldn't have been the take that the actor would want put out there, but they just use it over and over again, and you're just hitting X, and he's just, it's, also, his his fucking, I don't know what's going on with his psychiatrist, but holy shit, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, the first time I saw the psychiatrist's office, he's not the killer. But I was like, oh, that's the killer. So it's like a Frenchman's idea of what America is. And this, like, the psychiatrist's office has, like, this big, like, nifty, like, logo in his office. Like, this is my company name. And it just says Ego. Very strange. And he decorates his entire office with stained glass like Catholicism like literally Christian stained glass paintings in this like chic office with ego it's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen the French fucking rule yeah <laughs> and also like, the way that they could be that wrong and be like yeah. oh no we're right the private detective is one of the four main characters as well Scott Shelley uh, the private detective oh my god dude so you're, like, literally, this takes place in 2010, and, like, the FBI agent uses these things called ARI, A-R-I, it's these, like, glasses that are, like, I don't know, like, Google lenses, but he can, like, analyze crime scenes with them and stuff. Very high tech. And then you go to the private detective that's investigating it. He's driving, like, a 1940, like, fucking Ford something yeah. or another. He has a fucking typewriter. He doesn't even have a computer. <laughs> it's, it's just like... It's like Spider-Man Far From Home. 
Yeah, like there's the noir detective, yeah. and then there's the super high tech FBI guy. And at first, I was like, oh, maybe they're like playing up like the dynamics between how we rely too much on this. That's not where they were going with it at all. No, they just decided to design one of the characters as having a hardcore like '50s core style. Anyways, I've been talking way too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what happened when you go out of town. And I don't talk. To say. I don't talk to anyone for weeks. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, you gotta play it. No, I I think I'm good. I think come that it did, get, it did come free on like PlayStation Plus one month, and I remember downloading it. Don't you got a PS3? Because I always download those, and I was like, I'm never going to play this thing. Dude, you got to play it. <laughs> There's so many times that you will just laugh your ass off. It's so funny. Okay. It's good, though. Okay. It's a good story, and you care about the characters, but everything else is a mess. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny, dude. You have to fucking play this game. It, it It's the kind of game where you have to experience it to understand just how chaotic and funny this is. Yeah. But it's also good. So just putting that out there. Maybe I'll play that Detroit Become Human. That <laughs> What if I become like a massive Quantic Dream fan? It becomes very problematic for us because I start like, no, they have to release Eclipse. Wait, did they do Cyberpunk or was that a different studio? That's a different studio, okay. I believe. Because that was a fucking mess too, wasn't it? Yeah, but I like that was one where I saw clips and like trailers and stuff and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. And then it came out and okay. everything I heard about it was like, oh no, this is a mess. Yeah, that was developed by CD Projekt Red. Um, I think, are they the ones that did Crisis? I believe they did. Okay. Um, I haven't played that though, but maybe that'll be one that I'll get around to when it's free on either PlayStation Plus or Xbox. Um, I heard you can change your cock size in that. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> man, man. micro penis. <laughs> I'm gonna have that thing going inside. <laughs> it's, it's just turtle going in its shell. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, should we do the time warp? Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Where, where is the time warp? <laughs> I lost it. Oh, here it is. Jason! Jason! Yada that that chibata bread. Okay, Star Wars. It's time to talk about Star. I mean, I really went on one about that goddamn book, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh man, I was not a happy boy. <laughs> yeah, I hate that fucking. It sounded book. like it, dude. It's a. F- yeah, stop taking advantage of people. Uh huh. You know. Well, fucking a. I mean, if there's money to be made. <laughs> gross. <laughs> so very gross. You know. I don't know. She's probably fucking stupid. We and got people all this out there selling wrote. crystals for Christ's sake. Don't tempt the crystal people. <laughs> we'll get emails. I know. You're going to get cursed. You're going to get the Jimmy Carter curse. Yeah, you want to talk to a... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to... Right now, one of our... So we probably had like a clone Castanova who just was all in on the show, and then you said that one crystal line, and now they're already fucking getting a little doll together of Adam, and they're going to poke little holes in you. And... Oh. I, got nothing, <clears throat> I got nothing against crystal people. It's chiropractors that I have my eye directed at. I matched with a chiropractor on Hinge. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we should no. try to sell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I can bring you in for adjustment. But, like, I followed her on Instagram for a time after I had matched with her just because that's what you do often when you match with these people. And she was doing baby adjustments. Yeah, of course. On Instagram. Yeah. Very strange. That's a... Uh, uh, it's, yeah, no. That's apparently, a profit sector. Yeah. 
a baby can't even say like that's the great thing about it. This patient, uh, they could be like, "Wow, you really fucked my neck up," but they could never tell you that. No, you're looking at it from the opposite direction. What you need to realize is a baby can't tell you that one leg is shorter than the other. They need the chiropractor <laughs> to tell them that. I can't wait until I don't know thirty years from now. Every baby that got brought into a chiropractor is going to be a hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just looking Igor like. You know, just see scoliosis yeah. up the wazoo. Have you ever been to a chiropractor? Yeah, of course. My was mom it, used to work for one. Was it a grift? I am assuming so. Okay. I mean, um, initially, of course it helps. Maybe Lorna can tell us, because Lorna is a medical doctor. Yeah. So maybe Lorna can tell us no, the, I think that the, the level of grift here. The whole deal is like, it's just like cracking your knuckles. Like, yeah, it's, it's a temporary relief, but mm-hmm. it doesn't give you the long-term health benefits that they're claiming. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've also heard from many people, it's the kind of thing where like, you get an adjustment, you feel really good, and then like a week later, you're worse, and so you just got to go back. But that was the thing, like, every time I went and saw the chiropractor that my mom worked for, she was like, okay, so how's your neck feeling now after the adjustment? And it's like, oh, it feels a lot better. And she was like, okay, so I'm going to need you to come in twice a week from now until the next six months and then we're gonna see so it was always trying to like just get you back in as frequently as possible Mm. yeah and that was the thing that was like i don't know about this who do you respect more the chiropractor or the grift offers authors uh that's a tough one because the grift authors, at least they're like, they're better in the bullshit department, but the chiropractor, at least they learned some kind of like finite skill. Like and they it does know seem how to, to provide your neck. I mean, you know, granted, you may have to go in a bunch, but it does seem to provide some relief for people. And I think they are still susceptible to like malpractice lawsuits. Okay. Yeah. Although I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. The really good thing about chiropractors is for some reason you always get a, a chiropractor is always the doctor, quote unquote, that ends up being like anti-vax and says that like COVID was like a, a you know, a spider venom or something that they put into the water. <laughs> that <sport>. is so <laughs> it's so odd how chiropractors are always anti-vax. That shit crazy, man. And I think a lot of it comes from like behind the bastards. It's like a holistic thing, like. Chiropractors tend to believe in like a more holistic approach to medicine, I believe. Behind the Bastards did an episode on like the guy that invented chiropractic and it Jimmy Chiropract. It got birthed out of Christian science, like Christian scientists mm. who don't believe in like going to the doctor and yeah. in holistic medicine. Oh, so man. like that's it just kind of like permeated sure. into the practice. Those are always the most nightmare stories we hear about like an eight year old with leukemia and his parents are Christian scientists, so they won't get them treated and they even, just like pray over the kid. Even worse than that, Jim Henson was a victim. Yes. Jim Henson just didn't go to the doctor because yeah. he was a Christian scientist and he died. Or Bob Marley, who I don't know. No, had... that was a Rasta religion thing. Oh, okay. Same thing, though. Yeah. They believed that you had to keep the body, like, in one piece. Yeah. And I think he had cancer in his big toe. And the doctor was like, no problem. We'll just lop that thing off and no problem. And he's like, no, no. The body's got to stay whole. And it just got every fucking wear. Gonna need that big toe. <laughs> yeah. That is the balancing toe, you know? I, I mean, I... 
Without I, the big toe, you're probably stumbling for a few days. I think I read something on Wikipedia too about like the cause of it was like he kicked a soccer bo- soccer ball too hard or something like that, or, and they got like what infected, broken or, or something. I don't know. How does kicking? How do you break a toe and get cancer? <laughs> it was something about that. I don't know. Messed up with the cells in his toe, <laughs> something like yeah. that. Yeah, can't break. You break the toe, you got to watch those cells. Now you, the toe heals, but you got to make sure you're monitoring the cells in your big toe. <laughs> Otherwise, they might metastasize. Constant vigilance. Throw... Yeah. Jason! Okay. Let's get on to Star Wars, yeah. shall we? Zero Hour, Part 1, Season 3, Episode 21, aired March 25th, 2017. Um, Shape of You is the number one song by Ed Sheeran. Things reigning supreme. It's going to last. Um, and Beauty and the Beast is still your number one movie. Oh. So those are going to be your last two Time Warp number ones. Of season three. We'll be on to season four next, and I'm sure we'll have something new. If Ed Sheeran's still in the charge at the start of season four, well, we might just have to retire the time warp because Ed Sheeran wins. Um, but we're going to do a clone cast recommend. So, uh, Adam, you got a song. I got a song. I talked too long. I apologize. Uh, but here we are. We're finally the time warp. Who wants to go first? What do you think? Depends um, on what you got picked. I'll go first. My now we've we've complained about the discover in Discover Weekly and Spotify before, but uh-huh. I think it's starting to figure me out. Sometimes it really. I got out three, some good ones. maybe four this week from it that I'll use. The fourth one is just funny, and I was like, the fact that they suggested this particular song to me made me laugh. <laughs> but um, this particular song is not a joke. I find this song to be incredible. Um, I had never heard of this particular artist before, and when I first heard it come on my Spotify Discover, I was like, this is like Peter Gabriel at his best. <laughs> you know, like, um, well, actually, I should put it this way. This is like Phil Collins at his sure. best. Peter Gabriel at his worst. Um, as we all know, I don't like Phil Collins. I'm just kidding. I, I, You've come around on him. I actually really do like Phil. Yeah. No, but this is like a good Phil Collins Peter Gabriel S song, both lead singers of Genesis at one point or the other. They kind of have a vibe that overlaps with each other. They got that like 80s synth pop sound that's very unique. Um, but this is called In the House of Stone and Light. Have you ever heard this song? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now I want to pull up the uh, information. Now, Phil Collins actually, it's by a guy named Martin Page. Okay. okay. Now, this guy was like a hotshot producer of some kind, I believe, and he's produced a lot of people, um, but he decided to release an album because he's also a musician. Um, This song actually peaked at number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1995. Um, And this is like, if you played it, you would be like, oh, this is like a prime Phil Collins or Peter Gabriel song. It's really great. So once again, In the House of Stone and Light by Martin Page. And one knows on drums? Phil Collins. (laughs) Of course. Phil Collins is on the album. So uh, here we go. Oh, why is it skipping? Is it skipping for you? Not anymore. Okay. It's like the Tarzan soundtrack. It's incredible. (laughs) I love this song. Now, apparently, he had gone through a divorce or a breakup or something, and he went to the Grand Canyon, and he wrote this song about his experiences at the Grand Canyon. Are we sure this just isn't Phil Collins, like, nom de pleur? Yes. <laughs> Listen to it. <laughs> isn't it good? 
Yeah, it is. Now, yeah, somebody could have wrote this and gave it to like Phil or Gabriel, and I'd be like, "Oh, this totally." It tracks. also it has some like uh, like a John Hyatt kind of yeah. vibe too. I love it. <laughs> it's incredible. In the house of stone and light. <laughs> oh, you gotta play that game, man. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, dude. We'll have so much to talk about if you just play it. We could do a whole episode. The ample of it. material with me just being. We like, should just what be. The fuck is this? We should become a heavy rain podcast. <laughs> I think that's the key. The key. This is the best part. All right. So, uh, once again, in the house of stone and light, I'll pot it down. I will give you credit. Kudos on your description because it was impeccable. Yeah. Like, it is. Listen to that. Do you hear those? It is very Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel. Do you hear those horns? Yeah. Like the wind horns or whatever, the wind chime, whatever the fuck those. That's what I said. It's like the the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah. Or it's kind of like Peter Gabriel when he did, like, Sledgehammer, you know, like that. Um, The flute. It's the pan flute. That's what I was looking for. Pan flute. You ever listen to those pan flute bands? Yeah, that Zamfir guy. Dude, my Discover Weekly, my Discover, though, is insane, man. Like, one of them was like a Gregorian chant version <laughs> of uh, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2. Gave that the minus. Uh-huh. Didn't, the Rockford didn't keep that theme song. That was, that was a, a good, good one. one. That was a good one. Um, but there was a couple other ones. I'll play the other one for you, maybe off air here. It's incredible. This other song, amazing. It's it's just it's like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young song. Oh, you should probably change your clone cast recommends to this song, and I'll play it. It's <laughs> a good one. Okay, uh, what do you want to say about yours? Uh, what I'll say about mine is so the entire time we were driving around the state of Washington and up into Canada, yeah. uh, in our rent in our rental car, we were listening to Sirius XM, and we kept going back and forth between two stations. Two stations that are pretty much the same thing with just one or two outliers, but we went back and forth between The Bridge, it's a radio station with some like soft rock hits, and Yacht Rock Radio. Okay. And this is one song that came on, and I feel like I had maybe heard it before, but I I could not place it, and I scrambled to get like is my this phone from to The Shazam Bridge or it. Yacht Rock. I believe this is from Yacht Rock. Okay. From Yacht Rock Radio. But I'm curious what your take is going to be, because you're hit and miss on Yacht Rock. All right. Well, Sometimes I'll play them, and you feel them, and other times, not so much. All right. Let me just hear Martin really quick again. Dude, that's Phil, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shocking that he's worked with Phil Collins, you know, like God. Phil's got to be a producer on that. Yeah, Phil's probably sitting there like this man's a fucking genius. Okay, here's Adam's song. Doop, doop, doop. Thought this was America for half a second. Oh, oh, oh it could be. Ooh, oh, turn it up. Oh, this guy might be talking to me. This one might do it for you. Yep. Da, 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 da. Oh! <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Ah. Man, that's funky. 
I dig that bass. Is this Steely Dan? It could be. Okay. No, it's Ian Gome. Oh, of course. I Ian Gome. No fucking idea who that is. Yeah. We're, we're bringing out all the heavy hitters The today. only other credit on his Wikipedia is uh, Gome co-wrote the song Cruel to be Kind with his former bandmate Nick Lowe. With Nick Lowe? Yeah. Man. Cruel to be Kind, the Elvis Costello yeah. song. Him and Nick Lowe wrote it. Nick Lowe's pretty successful guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but this is but good. it's funky. It's yeah, I dig stuff. it. I like that little bass roll that yeah. yeah, you knew that would talk to me. Yeah, I love a good bass roll. That and the sax. I actually uh, experimented with the idea of changing up my clone cast recommends to the play that part recommends, <laughs> where it was just going to be me like playing really cool parts that I like of songs. Oh, I have like twenty songs already picked out. In my I head. got one on deck. That like the only reason I'm putting it on there yeah. is for one part of the song. Oh man, <laughs> I love those parts yeah, where it's yeah. just like, oh, listen to this part. I and mean, we've talked about it multiple times. Eternal Flame. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, what else have we talked about? Was it six minutes into that song? It's like, yeah. oh, that's the best part. Do you understand? Um, no, I was singing of a uh, Hello Goodbye. Um, I was listening to that. Paul does that little bass roll. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Hit me with a bass roll. I think we're both kind of like flirting with a Beatles era again. <laughs> yeah. We're both really we're teetering on the edge. Did you see that Devin saw um, that LP for the new Ringo album? He saw an yeah, LP of it, yeah, yep. and he didn't get it. Oh. You going to Taylor this weekend? <laughs> I wish. Dude, the resale tickets, the cheapest ones were $950. I know, it's and they're obstructed view. <laughs> yeah. How is that real? Are you going to go down and stand outside the stadium, though? The ladies just, if they can't get in, they sit outside the stadium and, know. and try to listen. Now, the the one that I saw a video of Devin had sent it to me was there was, like, just just women, just hordes of women singing outside the stadium that couldn't get in. But that was an outdoor stadium, right, in Pittsburgh. I'm I think assuming they're going to have the doors open on U.S. Bank. Yeah, but well, that I mean, the don't I mean, there's no roof that moves. I mean, it's a roof. So yeah, they have those big bay doors that they open up to bring in fresh air. But will that? Oh, the sound's gonna blast out of those. Are things. we sure? <laughs> I'm assuming. Do we know these things? I also think the stage might be have its back to the doors. <laughs> One thing that I saw, and I think I saw somebody post on TikTok, there were multiple cases of people who were so obsessed with trying to go to the Taylor Swift concert that couldn't afford the tickets. That weeks before they applied and got employment at concession stands inside the stadium. Oh my god! And then the day of the concert, they just showed up to work and then just like went around and like just went and watched the concert and like didn't work. Just which is the greatest idea of all time? Punch in and quit. (laughs) Yeah, that actually really. I mean, you got it. I respect that ingenuity there. Oh, absolutely. You got to be pretty desperate to want to do that, though. I'm trying to pull up something here. I'm going to take a look at the current ticket prices. Um, what do you wager a guess? They were 9:30 early. Do you think they've these gone are going to be the down? lowest ones? The lowest price Taylor Swift tickets for Friday or Saturday night. Okay, so I'm going got... to say they're comparable. I don't know if they break a thousand yet. Okay, currently the cheapest on Saturday is nine hundred thirty-nine dollars, and that is in section three hundred six, which is up there and it's like 
diagonally behind the stage, so it's an obstructed view one. Um, I've sat in an obstructed view before. It's really de- oh, it all depends on the stage setup, though. But yeah, um, yeah I'm not going to spend nine hundred and thirty nine dollars <laughs> for an obstructed view. Um, just waiting to hear the riff of style. I'm not. <laughs> 964 is the cheapest on Friday. Wow. I mean, that's nuts, man. I've seen ticket prices go apeshit before. I am pissed because that's there nuts. is a coworker of mine that, like, got tickets the day they were released. Yeah. And was saying, like, do you want to go? I have tickets available. And, you like, I would just pay whatever she paid, which was, I don't know, 200 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, Dude, that, I don't... that markup is so nuts. That if we had bought tickets the day of, like we had kind of flirted with, I'm pretty sure I would be spending the time convincing you to sell them right now. Because <laughs> I think you would. I would. I I I like Taylor Swift. We we are. A, you're a Swifty now. I mean, you've become a Swifty. I like Taylor. I enjoy her. I think she's a minx. She is but a talent. If I can make seven hundred dollars, I'm probably gonna make seven hundred dollars. You know. Uh huh. I love Taylor, but I don't know if I love her that much. Oh, I'd go to that concert. So you're saying if we had two tickets right now, you would not be entertaining the idea of selling them? It's once in a lifetime, baby. You no, gotta it's go not. To She'll concert. be back. She's fucking 30. <laughs> what is she, like 31? This ain't like going to see Joni Mitchell. <laughs> it's not seeing Gordon with a foot in the grave. No, I'd go to the concert. How much would you spend to see Gor- to see Gordon again, like a replay of that concert? <laughs> 40 bucks. Just so you could take notes, though. <laughs> yeah. He had that one joke that really hit. <laughs> yeah, he had I that one time where... I thought he had a stroke on stage. Well, he might have. Yeah. Gordon's dead. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess we should probably get into this episode. Should we do it? Yeah. All right, let's do it. That's what you say you love. You know who I would pay $950 to see live? Live. Of course play that song over and over again You're it'd be like me if i went to leonard skinner just yelling free bird <laughs> go see live play and i'm just an asshole the clone cast song okay man zero hour wrapping up season three here what do you want to say about it zero hour part one i so got a lot of editing to up. do don't i <laughs> yeah i really went into a rage the, the titan <laughs> Titan. Should I just leave the entire rage? <laughs> yeah. Did I say anything that would get us? In I don't think trouble? there's anything problematic in it. No, I was just really pissed. Repetitive, maybe. But oh no, I'm very repetitive. Not not problematic. I think we talk about four things and we somehow <laughs> over and <laughs> over and over again. Did you see? I think it was. Um, I can't remember who saw it. It was somebody yeah, in the I Discord. On the Discord, it was like, yeah, they like, told the Pete best story before. I don't remember you telling that story. <laughs> it was new to me. I found it interesting. I'm waiting for one of us to repeat the same story that we made in fun the of the same yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm waiting for us, one of us, to repeat the same story where we've made fun of ourselves for repeating that story before. Oh, that's going to happen. I mean, the Pete Best one, that one we know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else, though? I mean, it's going to be something along the lines of Walmart, Old Country Buffet... Maybe uh, arguing with somebody at the neighborhood cafe over a comic book movie. You throwing chairs on the neighborhood cafe. Yeah. 
Ooh, I know one we could repeat that's a fun one. When you took out that uh, mouse that was stuck in the glue trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were singing uh, James Blunt as I was doing it. I wasn't singing it. I was playing it on my phone, <laughs> my flip phone. I had a 20-second... Ringer that that <laughs> was back in the lover. day of that was back in the day of ringtone files. Yeah, um, yeah. Goodbye, my lover. Okay, um, zero hour part one. Zero hour nine a.m. I like saying that. Um, if you haven't noticed. Okay, so we're going back to Lethal. They kind of hinted at it um, in in recent episodes that we're going to be heading back to Lethal. That kind of seemed to be the where things were going. Um, Ezra, it really got played up like Ezra's n- inter- intimate knowledge of Lethal and how he was going to help lead this. Because there's like this TIE fighter factory there, which I'm guessing is like the main TIE fighter factory. I feel like we factory. just found that out in this episode. Like th- they say it's a TIE defender factory. They so explicitly it- state it in this episode, but it's implied in previous episodes that there's like some shit kind of there plant that, the- yeah. that they're working on a secret project. Yeah. But the TIE Defender is the special TIE with light speed capabilities and shields and yeah, all and of we, that. We saw it initially introduced on, um, I think it was Empire Day, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. The Inquisitor, the Grand yeah. Inquisitor flew it around. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, that was like fucking 10 years ago. What's going on here? No, no, no. That was actually the TIE Advanced. The TIE oh. Defender is the one with the like multiple wings like around. Oh, yeah. That was the, the advanced prototype. Yeah. I should know that. I have the Lego set up. Yes. It's right there. It's a cool set. Yeah. We got to buy a good set one of these days. It's been days. a while. It's been a while, man. I mean, I got the, I got some of the newer cool ones, but, oh, man, I want to go buy a beauty, you know, a retired <laughs> beaut. Um, so, yeah, we start off on Lothal, and we see a uh, Lambda-class shuttle landing, and it is carrying Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the one and only, one of our favorite bad guys. Um, and he's going into this hangar here, and he's greeted by Constantine Constantine, or whatever the fuck that guy's he name is. He is walking off the Lambda, uh, kind of shadowed by two death troopers. Yes. So it's the first time we've seen them animated. Sure. Because this came out, this was being animated at the same time that Rogue One was released. Rogue With, One was out at this point. Yeah. Because I remember it was the number one movie like three months ago. Yeah. So yeah. the death troopers were introduced in that, but they're they're like bringing, they're kind of like marrying the two sure yeah um it is cool seeing like the tie and they you know they just shoehorn saw into that one episode yeah, and they yep. brought in uh low energy forrest whitaker <laughs> man this season has been weird man. <laughs> it really has it's, it's all over the place um so yeah thrawn arrives he's greeted by arinda price the current governor of lothal um she's wearing the clothes of a moth she's looking tarkin like she's yeah. got the whole tarkin get up um, and then also uh, Constantine, 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 our favorite shithead uh, admiral. Um, How he still has his rank is beyond me. I don't think he's going to have much longer. He is fucked up <laughs> multiple times. I don't know if we're going to see much more of him. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> very good. That's <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, we see Callus watching from afar. They're in like a big hangar bay, and he's like up on a second level kind of watching. And we see him hit a button as they pass. And he activates this little mouse droid that goes into the the ventilation system. It is cool that yeah. the, the blast door shut and then the vent opens up and it kind of like yeah. sneaks through. So Callus, he's got a little mouse droid on his side. As we know, if you haven't been listening to the Star Wars portion of the podcast, one, shame on you. But two, Callus is fulcrum. So Callus is the man on the inside. Um, and as we also know, Thrawn is on to him. He's just kind of biding his time to do it and maximize what he can get out of this relationship with Callus before 
you know, hitting the guillotine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we see the mouse droid going to Vance, and Vance also, you know, the unsung hero of Star Wars is a vent. <laughs> um, gotta love the vents in Star Wars, and you gotta love the Jeffrey's tubes in Star Trek. Um, so it's gonna bring us to our first clip, and this is Thrawn going into an office. Um, I believe this is the same office where the Grand Inquisitor famously killed the two doofus officers. Yeah. Um, while Grand Moff Tarkin was present. Um, we're back in this office, or in Lothal. Um, and this is Thrawn meeting with Price and Constantine, and Callus is listening in via mouse droids, so you'll hear a little bit of that uh, reconnaissance audio as well, so let's take a listen. Is all this secrecy truly necessary, Grand Admiral? We still have a traitor in our midst. We need to be highly cautious about what we discuss and where we speak. And what I'm about to say cannot fall into the rebels' hands. Admiral Thrawn, I trust the information you have for me was worth the wait. The rebels of the so-called Phoenix Squadron are about to launch a major military strike against the Empire. They wouldn't dare. Oh, believe me, they would. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. You have my attention. What target will the Rebels attack? I believe they're about to strike our most important facility in the region. The TIE Defender Factory right here on Lothal. My spies report General Dondana's fleet is en route to reinforce Commander Sato and Captain Sindela. Where is this fleet massing? I have yet to uncover its precise location. A coordinated attack by multiple Rebel cells is unprecedented. And it's exactly this moment I've been waiting for to wipe them out. I want you to capture their leadership. In such a battle, it may not be possible to take prisoners. Oh, but a man of your talents will manage. If we are to crush this rebellion, we must make examples of its leaders. Great voice that's acting on Tarkin. Mm -hmm. The way he said crush. Yep. God, that's pure Tarkin. Uh, and I just combined the next clip with this. Let's go check in with uh, the rebels on Adelon, huh? Let's go check in with Phoenix Squadron. Oh, that transition music? Yeah. This is a great episode, really, by the way. It really is. It's a really good episode. I can't believe they're all going to help Lothal. It wasn't just Hera. Oh, I know. I mean, you too, Kanan. And Zeb. And, and Sabine. Chopper, less so. <laughs> Don't forget. No, that's not what Jason. I Jason. I meant you. Kanan, I, I didn't do any of this. If not for you guys, I'd be back on Lothal just waiting to be rescued like everyone else. Ezra, you have never been like everyone else. Hera always saw something special in you. And so did I. Sometimes I was afraid. Afraid that I couldn't teach you everything you needed to know. But you did. I've learned <laughs> so much. Does that and sound so like a I. father that's lost his child? Yeah. In fact, <laughs> sometimes I wonder if I have anything left to teach Motherfucker you. paid $2 no, for a balloon. You gotta play My that game. Jedi right, sorry, was limited. I don't mean about the Force. I mean about life, about being a good person. That's what you've taught me. Hey, you two. The time to talk is over. Let's help out. General Dodonna and the Masashi this episode will rocks. be here any minute. General I have Dodonna. so many clips. Just the music in the back? It should. Oh, no. Got those Y-Wing bombers. No, I got the bad ones. One the largest rebel cells I know. No! With him and his fleet, we have a real shot at taking out the Imperial factories. On that ain't watermelon, man. That ain't watermelon. The gummy, I told you I got the Bad Batch before. That's the Bad Batch. Great show. 
Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the Bad Batch is a good show. I was going to take a weed while that clip was playing. I was going to take a weed. And the same exact fucking edibles that I had mentioned that I got uh, that appeared to be the wrong packaging, I opened up my new package, and it is the nasty ones. Well, so, you're going to have to write them a letter. <sighs> something's different. I don't even want these. So a couple things about those clips. First of all, Tarkin looks like shit. Like, I don't know if they changed the animation on purpose, but it looks like he's aged 20 fucking years since the last time we saw him. Yeah. He looks like an old man in that hollow. Eh, when he maybe went to Narkina and got some sun. Yeah. You know, just spent too much time cooking, spending time on the beach. They're like not added, putting on sunscreen. They added liver spots to his head. Yeah. I ran into a buddy over the weekend that I haven't seen in a while. He's like, oh, I didn't realize how many freckles you had. I was like, what? What? Apparently, I'm getting old. Oh, he said that to you? Yeah, that was the oh. first thing he said to me. I was like, hey, okay, thanks. Uh, secondly, uh, am I am I getting weathered very quickly? No, I don't oh, okay. think so. Hmm. Oh, God, is this the next bald talk? This could be the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the next wave. Secondly, I was. Uh, why are they surprised that they're going back to Lethal when we spent the first two seasons with them never leaving that fucking planet? Yeah. They gotta I, feel invincible at this point. I would think that Lethal <laughs> would be a key target that they would kind of like not be surprised if the re- rebels try to hit. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, the way this ends. Now, this is this is kind of like um. Often, there's many times where I'm like, why does it really matter if I watch an episode before we review it? Because the original premise, and it still is the premise, I've never seen Rebels. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen here. Um, But this one, I kind of was really happy that I hadn't seen the second episode. I was like, hmm, there's actually some cliffhanger to this one. And there's actually, you know, because the way we leave it here, and we'll get there, but the way we leave it here, it's like, I almost feel like, the rebels were getting maybe, and it's not explicitly shown, but just in my own headcanon, I feel like they were getting maybe a little confident. Yeah. A little confident and just kind of weren't prepared for somebody of Thrawn's ability to come by. Like, they're so used to dealing with Constantine, Constantine, Constantine. <laughs> that dumbass. You know, and um, fucking Jack Welch, that, you know, they just, they didn't realize the... Uh, yeah, the, it's the, easy to forget that there are competent people still working inside the Empire. Well, there's three, um, maybe four. Uh, I think Tarkin is probably competent. But even Tarkin's fucking hubris gets him in the yeah. end. You know, it's just all these fascists, man. Yeah. Like, they just, even the most competent ones eventually, and we see it in this episode, and I wouldn't say he's competent, I mean, but Constantine, Constantine, Constantine. Luke says it to the Emperor's face. He says yeah. your arrogance is your weakness. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like once you reach that level, it's like, yeah, you're gonna be fucking arrogant. And that's yeah. where your weakness is gonna be. It takes a lot of arrogance to lose a child and then lose another one a few years later. Right? Would you say that's pretty arrogant? Yeah. I think you would be hyper focused on not losing Jason! Child, but anyway. Um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I got heavy rain on the mind. It's wild. It's like Twin Peaks. Um, that's what it's like. It feels like a David Lynch movie to me. It's just like, it can be so enthralling, but at the same time, so ridiculous. Any flaming playing cards in it? Mm, I'm sure I actually have to think. (laughs) (laughs) There's one scene at the end that's just so off the wall. You're like, okay, that does not really fit. It's like, and I was like, yeah, this is Twin Peaks Uh or something. It's fucking nuts. Um, 
But yeah, we'll talk about it a little more. But I think this is the rare instance of, I wouldn't say they're overconfident as a rebellion, but I do feel like they don't expect the Empire to actually outsmart them in any way. Yeah. And Thrawn kind of does in this episode. Even The only reason I can see it going is because of Constantine, Constantine, Constantine's dumbass. Yep. It's the only reason they survived this. Because of just idiocy and hubris from the Empire. And that's how it always is. It's just the hubris <laughs> of the Empire. And office politics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good worker. You're a dick. <laughs> Fucking idiot, man. Absolute idiot. Actually, directly disobeying orders because he is a... We're way ahead, but... Um, yeah, so, um, we see the hangar ship, um, it's, uh, orbiting Adelon. Uh, I did write down at that moment, aircraft carrier ship, still cool. Very cool ship. Why there's not a Lego set? Your guess is as good as mine, brother, sister. Okay. Um, but yeah, a hangar ship. Um, we see it, it's, uh, it's got Sato on it, um, and Sato is hanging out there in his bridge of the hangar ship, and they get a report that several ships are arriving from hyperspace. And sure enough, it's a bunch more rebellion ships coming to the party. And it's General Dadana. Very exciting. Uh, he pages Sato, and they kind of speak and show a mutual admiration for each other. Um, and they're about to show the galaxy what they're capable of. Leading up to this episode, we have kind of toyed with, like, these rebel cells are uniting. And yeah. they are formally forming an alliance yes. and they're trying to coordinate an attack and this plan with lethal is going to be like one of the first large scale operations there's been a lot of small assaults but since they found adelon and landed there things have built up quite nicely um so yeah the rebellion is riding high right now like they're feeling good about themselves and for good reason they've had a lot of w's and they've managed to say in, like phoenix squad has hung out on adelon for the entire season and they haven't been found yet so um, but yeah, so, um, our next clip is going to be Callus. Now, Callus is back on Lethal, and Callus, as we know, is Fulcrum, and so he's going to go send out a message, because he overheard everything on his little mouse droid, so he's got to warn them about the impending attack, and Callus is going to send this message, and the lovely thing about where he sends the message from on Lethal is he goes to Ezra's old place, the, uh, did you see the Space Needle while you were in... Uh, where this all started. Yeah, did you see the Space Needle? From a distance, yes. From a distance. Yeah, we drove by Seattle and saw the Space Needle. You didn't go into Seattle. No. I oh, mean, you... we drove through Seattle. Okay. So you didn't go into the non-regulated zone and hang out with like the... Uh, uh... <laughs> no, we didn't go to Chaz. Or <laughs> yeah, Chaz. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if you guys went there and just became like Commune and Chaz. <laughs> like, you guys just never came back. Yeah. Just... Threw your phones into the Puget Sound and just stayed in Chaz. Yeah, I'm doing this podcast yeah. remotely from from Chaz. They got a Starbucks in Banana Chaz? Republic. They got a Starbucks in Chaz. I don't know. That I'd, be interest, zone? I'd be interested to see the the uh, the code of ethics on that one. Is Chaz still there? I don't think. so. I highly doubt I it. I think it lasted like a month. Yeah, probably before the libs were like, "That's enough." Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, we're going to get Callus sending out a message, um, and I did kind of, uh, there's a lot of clips in this episode that I wanted to get to, so I meshed this with another one as well. So, basically, it's going to about happen about halfway through. Thrawn shows up and basically calls him out for being Fulcrum, and they have a little melee, um, and then the second part of the clip is going to be Thrawn interrogating Callus. So, let's take a listen to that.
Ezra's still got like helmets laying around their shit. Like he didn't this clean up the place. With an urgent message, Thrawn knows about. It starts getting interrupted. And he's like, "What the fuck?" By the light of Lothar's moon. Ah, oh, Thrawn is at the door. That is your code phrase, isn't it, Agent Gallus? Or would you prefer I address you as Falkrum? Thrawn has I'm like a cool Game Boy that scrambles <laughs> signals. <laughs> it's like a Game Boy Color. <laughs> so they start fighting. As we know, Thrawn is quite the skilled fighter, but Callus kind of holds his own. Um, take that as a compliment. Callus, it does manage to destroy the Game Boy, but Thrawn defeats him ultimately, and they take him into custody. Turns out that dark trooper sparring has paid dividends. Yeah. Who would have thought fighting a giant robot would pay off? Now this is the trajectory of General Dudana's fleet. And this is the trajectory of your Fulcrum transmission. Taken separately, they mean nothing. But together... Nothing. There's no planet there. The rebels are smarter than you give them credit for. A pity you do not study art, Agent Callus. There is much it can show you if you know where to look. Such as a system which does not appear on Imperial charts, but is represented in the art of the ancient people of this sector. I believe they call this Atalon, now the home of your rebel base. Admiral Constantine, deploy the fleet to these coordinates. We will join you shortly. Okay, so I took out the fighting part in between, but... Thrawn ended up defeating Kallus in hand-to-hand -hand combat, but before that, he was able to destroy the um, the Game, Game Boy, Boy that was jamming the signal, so the Fulcrum message did get out. Um, but Thrawn then takes him into custody and kind of just lays out everything, and it's just it's more of like, you're helpless now, and I am about to crush your entire fucking rebellion. Um, he has the Death Troopers bring him into his little, like... War room, yeah, his little war room, and he like shows Callus's entire plan, basically. Yeah, Callus does have one piece of hair dangling on his forehead, which yeah, would little indicate preview that little he good hood preview got his ass kicked. Disheveled Callus yeah. is looking quite <laughs> dapper. <laughs> um, just a perfect, just one long string of hair that's just like perfectly falling over his face. That's my favorite thing in Mad Men too. Whatever, like Don Draper was having a rough day, his they make sure to just like have one, like yeah. one or two pieces of hair dangle yeah. on John, but John just like placed enough so you're still like aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. Like it's like yeah, who are we kidding, man? Um, but yeah, so um, the the message did go out, so. They got a little heads up on what's about to happen here, but it's um, hats off to to Hera because all she had to hear was that she was like, the Empire knows we're here. We got to get the fuck yeah. out of here. Well, we're going to get to that. So this is going to be the rebels. They receive the transmission. They're going to discuss it. Um, So it's uh, it's the Phoenix Squadron. But we also got like the Donna on the hollow Sato's on the hollow um, and Ryder Zadi wearing the penis helmet is on the hollow <laughs> Um, and it is going to be. Our next clip, unless there's anything more you wanted to say about that little uh, thing. Okay, so I'll be our next clip. We've just received a new transmission from Fulcrum. This is Fulcrum with an urgent message. Thrawn knows about... Thrawn knows? Knows about what? About the attack on Lothal? Something's happened. Most of the Imperial fleet left the system. What does it mean? Thrawn knows we're here. 
All ships, battle stations. How can you be certain? The last time this happened, the Empire ambushed us on Garel. Commander Sato, we have Imperial Star Destroyers incoming. Four of them? Phoenix Fleet, set defense formation Auric 1. I love defense formation Auric 1. It's my favorite it's defense a good one. formation. It's the what best. Happened? Where's Ryder? They're jamming long-range transmissions. We have to scrub the mission. We were so close. Evacuate all ground staff. We're getting out of here. Jason! Jason! Okay, so shit escalates really quickly in this episode. You get like the five minutes of setup, and then it's just fucking balls to the wall. We We're dumping gas on the fire. Off to the races. We are off. Um, this, is, this episode gets really good now. <laughs> yeah! This is like literally, I think I, I don't, I can't remember the episode. Um, oh, no, it was Mandalorian season three where I said some of the dog fights in the Mandalorian season yeah. three were like, they just gave me that, oh, this really, 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 really is Star Wars. Yeah. And I got that same vibe from this episode. There were multiple points in this as I was taking notes where I wrote down, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> like this well episode, done. there are multiple moments where it's like, Shit, I'm like legitimately like on the edge of my yeah. seat watching this. And the score is incredible. It adds so much to it. And it's it's reserved, but it's there. Like you don't miss it, but it doesn't interfere with it. It's just perfectly placed. Yep. Shout out to the Kinda Brothers. Yep. Incredible work on this episode. Um so, uh but yeah, they're there. <laughs> the Empire is there on Adelon, so uh, showdown time. So we get to Dodana, and he orders the jump. Now, if you don't remember who Dodana is, he's the bearded, gray-haired man from New Hope. Yep. Um, yeah, one of the rebel generals. Um, we see him order a jump. I do have a Dodana minifig. Very exciting. Um, we see Sato's like, hey, I still got people on the surface. We can't go yet. We got to, like, kind of buy some time here. Um, so he's going to stay to keep them busy um, while they try to jump out of there. Um, so... The first transport tries to jump, and <laughs> I, we've seen gravity walls before, but this one really cracked me up for some reason. <laughs> it is great. So it's um, him it's a action. nebula class freighter, and it jumps, and then you see it jump, and it's like, oh, it's gone, and then all of a sudden it just plops Ooh. out. Yeah, and it's just kind of like it's just kind of like rolling around, very funny looking. Um, but yeah, so the Empire has a gravity well active. <laughs> Speaking of, it is fun. One of my favorite new mechanics in, in Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game, oh, yeah, yeah. is doing the like reverse time. Oh. When when an enemy throws something at yes. you, you just if you can hit it in time and like just send it back so it hits him in the face. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. I probably should just keep playing it. <laughs> yeah. I took a couple days off. Just go back and start playing You're again. Withdrawals. Dude, I got so many Zonai devices. Oh, man, I should burn through them all. Yeah. You should have Just never... build the wildest shit. I'm going to build the coolest thing ever. Did you ever it. get the, like, the, uh, like, the, the mecha or the, you get, like, a weird robot sidekick guy. Oh. Built out of Zonai devices. That's a main story plot point. Yes. That you will get to. Okay. Um, because there's the six sages. Yes. And there's four temples. So who's the fifth? Yeah. We know Zelda's one of the sages. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's a game! <laughs> oh, it's a good one. So yeah, gravity well active. They can't jump out of the system. They're pretty much fucked. I mean, they're not prepared for a fight, really. They do have a you know a decent presence there, at least, I'll say. They got a lot of ships. 
Um, but that's just really cannon fodder at this but point. They're going up against uh, four many? star destroyers. Four stri- yeah. And then but then there's also uh, Constantine, Constantine, Constantine. Yep. He's got like the big boy. He's got like the dreadnought motherfucker or whatever it's called. Um, he's got the big star. He's got the gravity wall star. Destroyer. Yes. But it's a big fucking powerful ship. Um, so, yeah, they're not. It's not looking good. No. Oh, trouble. Um, but, yeah, so um, Thrawn, then just a big dick move. He just busts into the uh, Rebels Hollow and just starts talking shit. Well, for Thrawn talking shit. Um, and he's going to basically, it's going to be our next clip, and he just hollows into Hera, and he has a conversation with the uh, generals of the Rebels and just basically says, like, ah, you couldn't even surrender if you wanted to. Let's take a listen. General Diptana is known for his courage. He wouldn't be aboard the first vessel to flee. Its crew is therefore irrelevant. General Diptana, Commander Sato, Captain Sindula. At last we meet in this. I love how he says Sindula. However, briefly, there is no escape, and your forces are badly outnumbered. This uh, rebellion ends today. We'll never surrender to you, Thrawn. You misunderstand, Captain. I'm not accepting surrenders at this time. I want you to know failure, utter defeat, and that it is I who delivers it crashing down upon you. Now, let us proceed. Jason! We don't have the strength to meet Thrawn head on, but I will get us to safety. How do you propose we break his blockade? Thrawn believes this is the entire Rebel fleet, so we just need a big enough opening to get one ship through. Once clear of the jamming, they can call for reinforcements to attack the Empire's flank. That should divide their forces and enable us all to escape. The Ghost stands the best chance. We'll make an opening for you. Not for me. Ezra and Kanan will take the gauntlet. No way. I'm not leaving you. This is our fight, too. There's no time to argue. As Jedi, you have the best chance to escape, and there's no one I trust more to get the help we need. You're going. Chopper 2. That's an order. Hera, I can't leave yet. There's someone I have to warn about this, out in the wilderness. What? Kanan, no. I need <laughs> you and Ezra to go get help. That's what I'm doing. You mean from him? Hey, I'm a persuasive guy. Who are you talking about? You wouldn't believe me if I told you, but I need you to trust me. Don't keep me waiting long. Ezra, the mission is yours alone. Good luck, kid. May the force be with me. Still glad you got mixed up in this rebellion, Rex? Ah, it beats slinging pajamas. Does it? They should eat taste good. Ah, they do, don't they? Okay, so Rex and, uh... Zeb and Rex, Rex gotta, and Zeb getting on the ghost. They're going to be on the turrets on the ghost. Zeb and Rex got to get the shaft in this episode because they don't really like yeah. innately give them that anything one to line do. Made me smile. That little yeah. part made it all worthwhile. Yeah, oh, God, they need more Rex, man. <laughs> I know. He's such a good character. Yep. God, yeah, that part was really nice though. Just like Rex, just loves a good fight. I think it's confirmed, or it was confirmed that Tamara Morrison's playing Rex in the Ahsoka show. Really? I think that was confirmed. I don't know. I haven't been on really Twitter for much yeah. of anything. I I checked some things, but yeah, I know it's possible. That would be fucking amazing. Yeah. I fucked. Although I'm so used to D Bradley Baker playing his voice that it's yeah. going to be an adjustment for It's very odd with watching through the animation how these characters who were 
well, Rex wasn't even in the movies, but like a Cody or something, um, who's a very small character, you know, just, oh, this, this clone has a cool name, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Um, but then seeing them really like brought to life via the animation. And so anytime like, you see them in live action, you're like, this is, this is a bastardization. What is like this? Reverse engineering yeah. character development. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Although, you know, I mean, the initial the initial uh, returns on Zeb were incredible. I thought that looked amazing. Yeah, it yep. was so good. So I, I'm I'm hopeful for the Ahsoka series, and I don't know. Floney's a fucking fanboy, so uh, I can only imagine the kind of service he's going to provide. Well, and even with, be great. I mean, even what they did with Rosario Dawson because she isn't the the voice actor. I mean, that was very very good. I love what she's done with Ahsoka. Yeah, she's more mature. Yeah, Ahsoka. Um. I would like to hear her say Sky Guy. Um, still don't love that name, <laughs> no. but the scene from Celebration last year when Ashley Eckstein was running the, uh, it was like a panel of some kind. I think it was the Attack of the Clones panel, 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. And she said she greeted Hayden by saying, so Sky Guy or something like that. And the crowd just went ape shit. <laughs> I love that shit, man. That's the kind of shit I fucking love. We are saps. I don't care. I know. Sap me up, dude. You're here once. If you can it's get so sap, great. get some sap. Love a good sap. Just roll <laughs> me in the sap. My dad's addicted. Uh, um, not addicted. He's allergic to tree sap, so we always have fake trees at Christmas. Oh. You fake tree or your real tree oh, guy? Real tree all the way. Oh, you're not. You, what about the sap? Oh, I don't. You wear gloves when you set the guy up. Oh. You got to get that smell. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I like you about Douglas trees? fir or a <laughs> Fraser fir? We didn't even get into tree talk. <laughs> we can save that for next episode. I got a fucking uh, I got a I got an ash tree Spruce? infected. Oh, I got yeah. an infected ash. I'm gonna leave that stump. I'm gonna put a master sword in it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you think that would be cool? That's good stuff. Yeah. Do you think the neighbors would think I'm weird? I might have a sword you can use. Is it a master sword? No. All right. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the stump and we're going to drill a hole in it. (laughs) And we're going to place a master sword in it. And then we'll dump some fucking like resin, you know, in there that can harden. Compared to what your neighbors have in their front yard, it's no weirder than (laughs) that. My dad met me here to go to the game. And he's like, you ever think about moving? And I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, no, I like my house. It's, you know, I, he's like, well, the neighborhood's kind of, I'm like, dad, it's one fucking house. You got vagabonds living next door. <laughs> my dad, man, it's, it, I was like, dad, it's just a middle-class neighborhood, man. You're going to get houses like that sometimes. It doesn't look that bad. No. Although that wheelchair is strategically it does. placed <laughs> and it hasn't moved. It just sits there. A fucking it is wheelchair. Funny. With that thing does like bring it down a couple of notches. Yeah. The guy, did you see his car that he just no, bought? Uh, uh. He bought a Tesla. <laughs> this guy's buying Teslas. <laughs> he must have a ton of money because he's had roommates. And not just a roommate. Like, I've had a, I've rented out a basement room for a fair price, by the way. I'm not a landlord. Um, but he has rented out rooms in that house as long as he's been there. And he's been there like five, six years. And it's always like four people. So they're just packing them in this yeah. house. And so I don't think he's ever had a mortgage. So I'm sure he's just sitting on a ton of money because he's just had renters paying his mortgage, basically. But, yeah, he bought a uh, he bought a Tesla. But, you know, buy a $70,000 car, but let's just leave trash in the yard. Make sense of that. Have you seen their backyard? No, huh? 
You should take a look sometime. I know you that you've said that it's like a nice backyard, but it's just what overrun. I mean, if you think the front yard's dirty, just imagine what they do with the right. backyard. It, they don't even go back. They sit in the front yard. Yeah. Which is just wild to me. Maybe they're social. They, well, they want to talk to passersby in this cul-de-sac. Well, the front yard faces west, so I don't know if it's something to do with like the setting sun. You know, like the sun gets the sun on you. I, <laughs> it turns out this guy's a romantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to sit down. You just love it when you sit down in the wheelchair. <laughs> put Next on, to the empty yeah. beer cans. Put on some Kenny G on the old, you know... Uh, <laughs> I'm the JBL speaker and just kind of kick your feet up on the kick card your feet table. Up, have a fucking glass of uh, wine, just a red wine. Just a beautiful evening in the front yard on the wheelchair. <laughs> the sun goes down. Um, anyways, I'm really excited to put that master sword into a tree stump. <laughs> it's going to be great. Those fucking those ash borer bugs, man, costing me a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're bad okay. news. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, so our next clip is going to be Thrawn commenting on Sato. Just has a little bit of a insight on what he knows about Sato. And then, um, and then after that, the dogfight really gets turned up to 11. So let's take a listen to this next clip. Spearhead formation. Frigates and Corvettes, protect the transports. We'll take point, Commander. Sato isn't blowing at the non-tactic boat. But I'd expect no less from the best commander to ever come out of the Mikabo system. Reinforce our center and send in the fighters. Yes, Grand Admiral? Constantine, keep your interdictor cruiser back until I order otherwise. Why not just attack now with overwhelming force? I could... Because I know these rebels, I've studied them. They will no doubt... Defy convention and attempt something unexpected. We will be prepared for it. As long as you do exactly as I say. As you wish. Fighting over glory. I do not require glory. Only results for my emperor. Okay, so uh, very explicit orders from Thrawn to Constantine. It was at this moment that I wrote down, like, Constantine, Constantine's going to fuck this up somehow. Yeah, he really sarcastically called him Grand Admiral. And it's like, dude, that actually... You think for somebody that is as high-ranking as Constantine... I thought the whole fucking point of fascism was to respect hierarchy in the person above you. You would think, but he doesn't. <laughs> um, it's so weird. Yeah, and especially, like, I don't know. I mean, I could see, like, I don't know, like a fucking a, a lower-ranking officer that gets insubordinate. You know, that would make sense to me. Just be, But then again, I don't know. It's just the career aspirations of this fascist piece of shit, I guess. But, yeah, like, directly just kind of challenging the Grand Admiral. But also, where has Thrawn failed before in front of Constantine? Like, why is Constantine... I'm pretty sure Constantine has fucked up when Thrawn told him to do something else. Before, That's the thing. Right? It's like, Constantine... Con, er, Thrawn has been, like, hitting threes this entire time. And yeah. Constantine now is, like, still questioning him. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Thrawn is Steph Curry, and he's fucking Draymond Green, just really loud and stupid. Yeah, like, what you said. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you said threes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like Draymond Green, so there you go. It's a fucking dirty player is a dick 
You know about that Draymond Green? No. No, I do not. Yeah. He, you know, he's a good player, but, you know, if he didn't have Steph and Clay carrying him. I mean, if Draymond Green's the best player on your team, you're winning 10 games. You're competing <laughs> You're competing with, like, the 96 or it was a 97 Nuggets for just, like, the worst record possible. Uh, it was like they were, like, 9 and 73 or something like that. So check yourself, Draymond. Um, anyways, uh, speaking of green, we got green squad hitting, hitting the uh, lead destroyer with some yeah. bomber runs. How about that transition? The space, <clears throat> the dogfighting in space in this episode Amazing. is stellar. It's great. It's yeah. it's literally up there with some of the best that you'll see in yep. Star Wars. It's awesome. I loved it. Um, the Phoenix Squadron is going to keep the fighters busy, busy while the green squadron, which is Y-Wings, is just going to bomb the shit out of some lead destroyers. Um, we do get a couple dark moments of some Y-Wing pilots getting taken out where they show their face before they explode into oblivion. <laughs> and scream. Yeah. Um, which is kind of become commonplace <laughs> in Rebels. <laughs> yeah. Which is very... This is like, I don't know, like, we had the joke with Clone Wars, like, kids show, which it really wasn't. It was more of like a teenager's show in adults. This is actually a kid show. We've said it before, but it's not really... It's really not a kid's show. In the show. later seasons, it really amps up. Yeah. Like, when I think of kid's show, I think of, like, the Power Rangers fighting a large rat or something. <laughs> <laughs> and when you hit or the rat... Or a monster made out of eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you hit the giant rat with the sword, sparks fly out, yeah. you know? <laughs> Just an anthropomorphic rat that's fucking got giant, like, muscle arms or something. What a great you know? show. It is a great when show. It's very fun. Years old, oh... I love wild shit like that, man. <laughs> yeah. I love camp. Like, camp it up, man. Uh-huh. Make shit corny. Come on. Let's Just stop commit. taking. Our, yeah, stop taking ourselves so fucking seriously here. Now, that being said, Andor was very serious and very incredible. Yeah. But I think, you know, Star Wars should be camp for the most part. Keep it camp. Um, so, um, Kanan... So we get a little break in the action, and we're going to go. Kanan is going to visit with that person that he said he needed to speak with. Um, and who could it? Who else could it possibly be? You're on Adelon. You got problems. He who went, do you go see? He went to confer with the spiders. Yes. Ah. Uh-huh. The sp- well, we didn't. Did we even see a spider in this? Oh yeah. They they like. Okay. I missed it in the scene transition. Anyway, so he goes and sees our good friend Bendu, the middle, the middle, as he's apt to say um and it's going to be our next clip so let's take a listen to bendu 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 we need your help you have brought war to my quiet world kanan jarrus jedi knight and i will have no part of it bendu is not happy Wait, Bendu, hear me out. No! <laughs> I am the one in the middle. I take no side. So you're just gonna let us die? You think the Empire won't kill you too? I am beyond your worrying at wars. I am unseen, unknowable, like a rock in the river. Playing heavy rain. Do you think it charged? Leave me alone. so difficult for you to find, huh? <laughs> no, but maybe we were meant to I love find him. it. And meant to find you. For what purpose? I was here long before you, and will be long after. I am the Bendu, the one... In the middle, so you keep saying. Look, 
I tried to live that way once, told myself the galaxy would go on with or without me. But when I saw innocence harmed and knew I had the power to do something about it, I couldn't just watch it all burn down around me. Stop Some making sense. Are worth fighting for. Jason. Okay, so we get back to the dogfight after that. I just want I want to see Bendu's pacifism juxtaposed next to that one Lerman guy's pacifism. Yeah. Cuz Bendu seems a lot more badass. Yes. <laughs> I would like to see a roundtable discussion with Bendu and Lerman guy. <laughs> They're just talking about their philosophy on life and just yeah. rolling over. Now, the irony doesn't escape me that Bendu literally spends his life with his head in the sand. Yes. Like, yeah. like yeah. literally, yeah. you got to go wake him up and he pulls his fucking head out of the fucking ground. Yep. He's literally a being that sits with his head in the sand. It is hilarious. What has he got going on down there? It is funny, too. We'll get to it in a, in a little bit, but... It, like he makes this whole big stink about I'm the one in the middle. I I waste no time with your petty wars and that type of thing. And all it takes is Kanan to just give him a personal slight and Bendu like flips the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. full on it's like just one yeah. little insult and he's like, That's <laughs> fucking it. <laughs> he's full on goes into like Vader being told Padme's dead. <laughs> He goes full on, no, and just, he's just shaking the world around him. It's incredible. Um, okay. <laughs> now, the thing about this is, Jason. okay, so you hear that? That's like the X button, and you're looking for your son in this crowd. And by the way, this crowd at the mall is basically like, um, I don't know, like Tokyo in the middle of a, the busiest business day of the year. <laughs> So it's like, why? Why is this mall that busy? Also, why did you pay $2 for a fucking balloon for your son? Two, when you couldn't find your wallet at first, why did you allow your son to start walking off instead of just grabbing your son, going back to the balloon salesman, which is a clown, by the way, very creepy. Never mind. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Jason! Okay. Um... Yeah, so Kanan and Bendu, we're going to take a little break in their conversation. I kind of wish they didn't cut away. Um, There's certain conversations that I think would benefit from a from from complete continuity. Yeah, like I don't know. I didn't like the cut. I don't know. I kind of would have liked to stay with that long form, long form. Um, but we cut away, and what we cut away to though is not boring by any means. Incredible dogfight going on. Um, the rebels are kind of getting their asses kicked. Yeah, ships are taking damage. Uh, transports are getting taken out. It's not going well. Um, so the dogfight continues. The ghost is going to go help out the Phoenix Squadron, which is taking heavy damage. Um, we've seen lots of ships being lost, like lots of ships. We get more Y-Wing creepy people blowing up into oblivion and screaming. <laughs> oh, we get a yeah. key screaming Y-Wing guy. Yeah, we get a bunch. <laughs> It's dark. It's a dark fight. It, they're getting their ass yeah. kicked. Um, we see Ezra and Hera discuss finding an opening. Now, as you know, Ezra went off into Maul's gauntlet, which is now his gauntlet. Um, do you think Maul would have bequeathed it to him anyways? Do you think in the will? Eh, if he's going to leave anyone yeah. anything, I feel like he had a good rapport the with The last Ezra. will of Maul. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, does he give Ezra... I leave my robotic legs yeah. to... I bet you, actually, I think Maul was so hell-bent on revenge on Kenobi that he didn't even think to update it after the events of Mandalore. So it's probably just, like, still Savage Press on there. Like, all of his things are left to Savage. <laughs> sure. Or he doesn't have a will, and I'm a fucking idiot. You make the choice. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so lots of shifts being lost. Ezra and Hera um, are discussing via page how to find that opening because Ezra's got to get through this opening to get a clean jump to go page for help so that they can fight. Um, they need to get more uh, rebels in there to have a fighting chance here. Um, Sato ends up deciding on a plan while this is going on as he hears like the distress in the pages and just things aren't going well. They need to clear a path. And so Sato's like, hey, Ezra, Go to these coordinates, and then he orders an abandoned ship he of says, the cool. Get ready to jump. Yeah. Get ready to jump. Go to these coordinates, um, and then he orders abandoned ship to his crew. Um, there is a split second because it takes him a couple of beats to issue the abandoned ship, and I kind of like knew where this was going. And for a split second, I was like, "Is he going to sacrifice himself along with all of his crew?" Like I thought he was just going to drive right yeah. into the thing. <laughs> And not bother to inform anybody that's what he was well, going to do. Now, the hangar, sh- the hangar ship, it's a pretty big ship, but a lot of it's, like, hollowed out. So, yes. like, what is the crew, What like, what's the crew manifest like on this thing? It's like, got to be skeleton crew at this point. They're just running engines and yeah. you got to be some turrets And it's on not the like thing. they were, like, in battle mode when this all started, like, it must have just been enough people to run the ship, and I'm sure like a lot of the crew is down on the planet yeah. or you know various things. I gotta assume that. Like, I just don't think you're hanging out on the hangar all day. Um, but yeah, so he's like he orders everybody to abandon ship. Now, do you think Holdo? Do you think she studied Sato in like school? In, oh, like, I'm war sure. School? Yeah, <laughs> it's really the Sato maneuver. Yeah, she just she just puts him <laughs> into it. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> That's a great scene. Best part of that movie. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, so Sato's like, get out of here. You know, I'll take it from here. And his two brave crew members on the bridge, or I didn't, I lost count. There's some on the bridge with him, and they're like, we're staying with I you, I think there's sir. two people that are yeah. like, we're with you, sir. Yeah, they're wearing like the Cyclops stuff. They look very Scott Summers-like. Um, but they are going to stay. The bridge crew elects to stay with Sato as he is going to clear a path for Ezra to get out of there. Um, Constantine, Constantine, Constantine then sees the, um, he sees that the hangar ship is starting to mobilize and he's like, I'm going to go take this fucking thing out when he had strict orders from Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's an Admiral. Grand Admiral Thrawn told him to stay there. Do not move. Follow my orders. But Constantine, the hubris of the Empire strikes again and Constantine takes the bait and goes straight for it. And, and he's talking shit to Thrawn he's along like, the yeah, way. Yeah, Thrawn's like, what are you doing? And he's like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take this fucking ship out. <laughs> Dude, but this isn't the first time that he's disobeyed Thrawn's orders or gone. I, it's, I swear it's happened the once before. The fact that he is still like in a position to command a ship is beyond me. Like He should have been... <laughs> executed or demoted a long time ago he should have been demoted and they should have promoted jack welch guy (laughs) yeah after he got the whole plant blown up (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) look up jack welch plant explosion okay just google search that um yeah so constantine just goes to engage the fucking hangar he's gonna take it out on its own so he's directly disobeying thrawn's orders and literally mocks him over the page like i've had enough of your shit um sato then just like turns and goes full-on collision with the big gravity well destroyer not only is it a star destroyer too it's the gravity well destroyer which is like essential to the plan at least i thought it was but thrawn so anyways sato, why they got constantine manning the helm of that thing yeah is 
crazy. Constantine, Constantine, Constantine. I'm going to miss him um, because Sato goes full on collision, and I'm pretty sure everybody's dead. He cuts through that thing like nothing. Well, like the angles on the hangar ship are really sharp. <laughs> it's yeah. like a knife cutting through a fucking... <laughs> Cutting through an apple or something, you know, it's like crunch right through. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Um, Speaking of which, sh- shut up. <laughs> anyways, uh, the, he was joking, folks. You don't have to fast forward. Um, so, yeah, Sato goes full on collision, um, clears the path, and Ezra's able to jump. Now, Sat- Ezra sees the crash going on and realizes, like, well, Sato's dead and kind of has a sullen moment before he jumps. Hera's like, jump, go! And... Um, we see Thrawn watching it all transpire, and he's like, Constantine was careless. Hopefully, he didn't throw a wrench in my plans too much. Hopefully, it's not going to impact us too much. But seems kind of like a big deal. Um, it allowed Ezra to escape. Um, but they're still getting their ass kicked, and Thrawn is going just like, hey, we're going to push the attack to the ground now. We're going to push them all the way back to the ground, and we're going to end this. Um, so that's Thrawn's current plans. Um, we end the episode with Kanan still trying to convince Bendu to do the right thing. Um, this is where Bendu like freaks out when he's even slightly <laughs> challenged, um, and then Ezra—it's just one personal yeah. insult, and Bendu flips out. <laughs> I don't think Bendu's in the middle. <laughs> you know, I think the reason he lives with his head in the sand is because he like he knows he's like an evil dark side being, and he's like the only way he can avoid. And credit to him, he just has. All he can do is just sit in the fucking sand. Yeah. Like, if he does anything else, he's going to end up killing him. He knows his own limitations. Yeah. It's not middle life. I guess if he is in the middle, though, he can get mad over dumb, stupid shit. But he's you can like, also be very wise at times. He's you know? like Bruce Banner when yeah. he's like, I'm too dangerous to live amongst people. I need to just go hide in the Amazon. But the Amazon happens to be like a heavily populated village. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, you know. That'll go well. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that where they find him in Avengers? He's in like a village somewhere in the he's Amazon, like right? like a favela. Yeah. And when he went there, he he's, was Edward he's, Norton. He's working at a soda pop factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the Edward Norton movie. Yeah. yeah. But no, when they go and get... Like, it is funny. Where you leave him in that movie, it's Edward Norton. And then they show up and it's just Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Like, what's the what was the decision on that? I don't know. I think... The Hulk didn't do well, and I think well, that didn't. Yeah, because the Hulk. I don't know for some reason the Hulk is a very cool character, but the the Rogue Gallery isn't strong enough for Hulk. I and don't for think. whatever reason, I think Edward Norton reviewed poorly. I don't think people were clamoring for his performance. Who directed that one? Was Ang Lee? I think. Directed, no, that right? was Ang Lee directed Hulk. Hulk with uh uh, uh Eric, Eric Bana. Bana. Yeah. yeah, Eric Bana. What it happened was, to that guy? I remember watching that. Oh, he was in Munich. Is Eric Ben? Is that the one with Jennifer Connelly? Yeah, I gotta rewatch. Oh yeah, I love her. J- oh my god, you love her more than me. I adore Jennifer Connelly. Oh, oh, during vacation, yeah. I got sick because I ate an oyster. I can't eat oysters anymore. Um, but <laughs> as, I was, as I was in bed, I was I was sick. I, I ended up going. Like walking to the bathroom, and Brie was just watching like Netflix or something. Yeah, she was watching A Beautiful Mind. I was oh. like, "Oh, you watching A Beautiful Mind?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Isn't Jennifer Connelly in that?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, I'm feeling better now." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, what's that movie where they're like trapped in a Target or something, and they're like, it's like an '80s movie when she was like an '80s, you know. 
I watched it when I was a kid. Labyrinth? No, not yeah. <laughs> Labyrinth. You're stuck in a Target. <laughs> I don't think you could film Labyrinth in a Target. Oh, you're thinking of a uh, 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 Requiem for a Dream. No, that's the one, right? That's a fun movie. <laughs> we should watch that sometime. <laughs> no, not not Labyrinth though. The only the only retail store that uh, that that I think of when I think of a labyrinth, I think of IKEA. You ever get lost in one of those bad boys? Oh, I let the smell of Swedish meatballs lead me to the exit, though. <laughs> Bring me to the marketplace. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Um, anyway, no, there's like a movie where like she in a target she like works at target or like this janitor works at target like he's a young kid and like they fall in love at like target overnight i got nothing well mannequin oh. you look it up <laughs> you'll find it <laughs> i did think ang lee's hulk when i when it first came out i think i was young enough where i like watched it and could enjoy it I, know, I love that. I, I know I it was it. fucking maligned, but I, I never like, really understood why. I think it was 2002. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it had Nick Nolte just going fucking oh, crazy. You know who I watched? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth in that one, or is he in the other one? He's in the other one. God, they're getting them all mixed up. But no, um... I uh I the first one it was two thousand yeah I remember I was, gotta watch the it was two thousand two I remember and there's that really cool scene where Hulk is just like jumping like oh yeah like literally he like takes out like two or three like Abrams tanks and then he's just like does yeah. a sprint and, like jumps Do you remember through the a scene canyon of, yeah the canyon where he jumps literally like I don't know fifty miles or something <laughs> yeah. it's like absurd. So I saw that movie I didn't know you yet but have you ever seen somebody legitimately get angry and walk out of a movie. <laughs> besides me and spider-man 3 yes. no okay so that's the first time i ever saw something it was somebody i was with so i watched it with jeff remember jeff <laughs> yeah the republican friend and our other republican did you ever meet nick <laughs> i think so probably yeah. so two high school buddies because i was in high school at the time two high school buddies and they're both like <laughs> they both went on to like join the young republicans of america <laughs> and become lawyers and probably you know nice guys not going to talk politics with him. Um, but uh, Nick got so mad at that jumping scene. He's like, just got up. He's like, I'll see you guys later. And he just walked out. <laughs> I was like, All right, am I an idiot? I don't think it's that bad. I, I think it's kind of cool. It's a fun movie, man. Um, I don't know. We probably should rewatch it, though. <laughs> yeah. I was probably just enthralled with Jennifer Connelly and a large buff man jumping very far. I just got lost. That's all you need when you're like 18. Just got lost in her dark hair and her beautiful eyes. Oh, smoky. There was also, I forget what it was. Oh, the, the, the main antagonist in it, aside from Nick Nolte, was like the pretty boy that was trying to like seduce Jennifer Connelly. I don't like remember the that. new boyfriend. I forget the actor's name, but he ends up trying to like shoot a grenade launcher at the Hulk's chest in a narrow hallway, and it like bounces off his chest and goes behind him, and then it does a weird thing where it like goes to his face, and he's like, "Uh oh!" And then it cuts to like him, like the explosion behind him, and he does like a ah, and it like <laughs> freeze frames as he's like midair. Oh, it's is it like really weird? Is it one of those like it's supposed to be like a comic book? Frame? Yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly what it was doing. I can get that, but if you just 
shoehorn one of them in, it's kind of like, well, that was odd. Like, if you're doing it the whole movie, I kind of get it. Like, that's kind of the aesthetic you're going for. But if you just randomly throw it in 90 minutes into a movie, I want to rewatch it with you. And I, I have a feeling that, like... 30 minutes into the movie both of us are going to be like is this movie fucking amazing (laughs) we both just like fall in love with the movie again it's going to be the best marvel movie (laughs) yeah the best marvel movie. fuck the mcu this is where it's at should have brought in eric banna give ang lee a franchise who do you got eric banna right you got the eric banna um very close to bruce banner i I like that i like the banna banner um ed norton or Mark Ruffalo, who do you got? I I'm very partial to Mark Ruffalo's performance. He's very good in the early ones. Yeah, I do think that they leaned every fucking actor in the MCU leaned a little too heavy into their characters, like wackiness towards the end of everything. But on the earlier side, I think Mark Ruffalo's performance as Eric Banner was the best. But Eric Banna or Bruce Banner. Was See, I the think best. the best. I, I think the best movie though is legitimately Endgame. Yes, I, I love that movie. I agree. All the jokes aside, yes, because you know, they did go heavy on the shtick. Yeah, like Marvel gradually got more. And I'm not more saying movie wise. I'm saying like the actors' performances sure. early on. Mark Ruffalo is much more reserved, and I think played a better Bruce Banner. Who's your favorite character up through? Endgame, like character actor. I, I I haven't followed it that closely since Endgame. Like I loved it, and then I just kind of checked out after Endgame. So did I. Yeah, yeah. But I love that first phase. Yeah. Who's your favorite character in the entire thing? Oh Jesus, Tony Stark. Probably. Yeah. See, he I was. Mean, he was really good. I love Robert Downey Jr. Stick. I feel bad. I think he does the best job of the stick. Okay. The problem is he was so good at it, and Iron Man was like one of the first movies of yes. it, and it was like a surprise hit. And I think they they leaned into that with like every fucking character. That's exactly I think what the issue was. Is I'm everybody not, I just still tried like the movies? Don't, don't send us an angry email. I still love the movies. But sometimes it just became a little overbearing. Well, and they all were doing the same formula, and that was what I'm getting at. Like I just didn't. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, even, like, the legitimately funny characters, like Drax, um, like, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, like, wow, this fucking Batista's doing an incredible job with this fucking supporting character. He's very funny. And he was still funny going forward, and he is to this day funny. But they kind of lost the narrative where they did too much yeah. at certain times. I still, like, he does have a lot of good stuff with Mantis, but sometimes it's just like, all right, we don't need five jokes in two minutes. Yeah. Like. I will say the one so the one actor character that I do think I enjoyed the most with his particular performance for the character Tom Holland as Peter Parker is the best Peter Parker. He was fucking incredible in that role. Uh I prefer I do I love the Sam Raimi movies, but I do prefer as a Peter Parker, I prefer him to Toby. Yeah. Toby just I guess he Toby captured the nerd essence of Peter Parker pretty well. I think he did a good job with that. Um, Tom Holland, like like Spider Man, is supposed to be like a smart ass and like talking shit to like. But he's also very smart. Yes, he's a smart ass, but he's also smart. And Toby really encapsulated the smart side of Peter Parker very well. I think Toby's a great Spider Man. 
Um, I don't. I just love the Tom Holland <laughs> Spider Man. I really do. I think as an overall Spider Man, he's probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, I I think all three of them have done decent jobs. And one, uh, what's his face is a little too cool. Sometimes Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. He's like. He's supposed to be like kind of like a nerd, but at the That's same the time, he's that... very cool. I remember watching that movie, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. He's like skateboarding and like yeah. talking to chicks and stuff. Yeah, that Gwen Stacy never stood a chance. Speaking of Dennis Leary. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that was quite the... We've never done that before. Sorry that we got <laughs> off topic. Um, yeah, so did I ever play the Bendu clip? Uh. Not the one where he's getting pissed off, I don't think. Okay, well, that's where we left off yes. when we were actually talking about what we're supposed to. Um, and then it's also going to be Ezra. I combined two clips here. So this is going to be Kanan trying to convince Bendu uh, to come help. And then we also get Ezra, who was able to jump, and he is going to send out a page to a lady. So let's take a listen. You can feel it, can't you? My friends are dying. Such is the fate of all living beings. Not like this. Crushed by overwhelming evil. Help us survive, Bendu. Help us fight. I will not fight your petty battles. You'd rather hide like a coward. Jason! I will not be called a coward by the likes of you, King of Jarrus. Whoa. <laughs> Perhaps it is the will of the Force. He's just making noise. And I love how he's turned. He disappears. Um, I love how he's turned the will of the force into just whatever allows him to be the most Senator, lazy. There must be something <laughs> you can send or something you can do. You page the lady. I wish I could help you, Commander Bridger. Oh, it's Bob. I can't. Doing so would play into Thrawn's hands, and he would wipe out all I we love worked Genevieve. to build. Oh, I know. He planned this. Senator Organa was right. It was too soon for open warfare against the Empire. I promise you, we will do our best to negotiate fair treatment for the prisoners. What if there are no prisoners? I'm not ready to give up yet. You have courage, Ezra. May the force be with you. No, we can't go back. Not without help. And I think I know where to find you. Sabine. Good cliffhanger. I mean, it's 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 technically only one episode, but good cliffhanger. So the biggest question, like, I thought we just watched Mon Mothma renounce her... Uh, her senatorship. She did. How is she going to be negotiating fair treatment of the prisoners? Yeah, I really don't think... <laughs> like, I don't think that they, they have has... any kind of bargaining There's ship. no leverage here. <laughs> no. Like, what are you going to use as leverage? Like, we'll tell you where our other bases are? Yeah. Like, what is your leverage? Um, I found that puzzling. Yeah. Um, and I do... I love Bendu's freak out because it reminds me of somebody that's like protesting the Vietnam War with a sign that says no violence or violence isn't the answer. And then a guy walks by him and is like, you fucking pussy. And then the guy just is like, what the fuck did you say to me? And just yeah. beats him with the sign. <laughs> like, that's the, that's what Bendu is like. Yeah. Bendu is wild, man. I mean, 
We've been given Bendu flowers pretty much since we got introduced to him, but he sucks right now. <laughs> he is not disappointed. Yeah, the will of the force to Bendu right now is just him burying his head in the sand. Uh, like that's what he's come to, I guess. Um, I don't know. It in a sense, though, you know, we talk about the middle. This and that. And I guess him freaking out over minute shit, he still could be in the middle because he is very wise at times. Well, well. he keeps it's the same thing. Like he keeps talking about the middle, but there's a difference between the middle and balance. Yeah. Finding the middle between two points. If one point is weighed way heavier than the other side. Yeah. Like the middle is not going to be the balance point. Yeah. Like you have to find right now the like, balancing point between those two forces. Within the force right now, like the scales of justice is like there's a feather on the light side and then there's just bricks on the dark <laughs> yeah. side. Just like the fucking the thing is falling over with bricks. There's no real balance right no. now. Um so I don't know. I it's only part one. I have a feeling Bendu is going to come to his senses. I want to see this motherfucker throw down, dude. I want to see what it looks like. Like, he stood up pretty tall this time. Like and he's got, really got a good look at his legs. And he's he's like a moose slash gorilla. Um, yeah. Very. He's got a whole lot of funk going he's on. really cool. He is cool. <laughs> he is the Bendu. Um, but that's part one in the books. So we're going to move on to part two next week. But... Um, how are we doing IMDb ratings on the two parters? Do we got two different ratings or is it one? Um, let me look. I believe it is just one. IMDb is giving zero hour part one in 8.9. Okay. I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to go a nine. Yeah, me too. I love this episode. Even nine. Yep. Um, this the dog fights were cool. It was great. Yeah, the dog fights were great. The Bendu freaking out stuff was great. Um, the pacing was fantastic. Yes. Um, full on. Oh, we didn't even do this. Poor Sato. I should probably give him this. Oh yeah, yeah. Sato and Scott Summers clones. Um, really having a moment there. Shout out. Like, I, I, I'll, I'm gonna say something slightly controversial here. I. Sato has kind of been a nothing character for me. Yeah. Um, I can see how you're... Yeah. It, But finally, like, no, not anymore. Now he's got some fucking... He put a stamp on it. Uh-huh. So Sato finally hit it out of the park for me. Um, He paid off. I mean, they built him up for fucking season upon season. But finally, he did something of note. Uh-huh. Um, so that was cool. Uh, he does have a really shitty nephew, though. Hopefully, his nephew stayed on that ship with him. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. you think he was on the <laughs> he's, he's shoveling coal yeah. into the engines. <laughs> the potatoes. I was jumping. <laughs> <laughs> when the potato got the order to abandon ship, he literally just jumped out of the hangar into space. <laughs> <laughs> he's just imagine seeing potato floating away. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, nine. What you got a nine? Nine. <laughs> Anything you want to add? To it? No, just it's a phenomenal episode. I do want to see the potato floating life. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible episode that one was. Dog shit. <laughs> I'm glad they finished with a flourish. Yep. Um so yeah, we got part two coming up next week. But yeah, part one, a couple of nine strong stuff from Zero Hour Part One. Always look on the light side of life. Jason! So, 
when you this is like as you're going through the crowd, you're hitting X to call for him, right? And it's Jason. Every time you hit it, it's Jason. This sounds like a terrible game. (laughs) (laughs) It's good though. It's terrible, but it's good, and you just gotta, dude. The moments of clarity that that they have, where it's just like, holy shit, this game's twelve years old. This looks like good for now. Yeah. And then they move slightly, and it's like, oh my god, what the fuck? This isn't real. <laughs> what is this? It's it's nuts, dude. It's it's like this perfect point in gaming where it's like things are about to take that next big leap, but is not quite like ready. But happened, they went for it. I feel like that happened with I think it's Assassin's Creed Unity, the one that happened during the French Revolution, where there were multiple reports of like during the cinematics. Somebody would like turn around and their face would just be gone. And it would just be like <laughs> floating eyeballs with like like denture teeth. I remember like one of the creepiest things ever was when they started to it was on the PC at first, but they started to try to incorporate like uploading a photo that you could then use in like a oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. And I remember it was like I don't know, it was like NHL two thousand maybe, and I got it on the PC. And the reason I bought it for the PC is just because it had like this face mapping technology where you could take a picture and you're supposed to be able to like use it on your creative characters. So you could put yourself in the game. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> the nightmare concoction. It just flat out didn't work. And so like you'd upload a picture of your face or whatever and then, like, it would process it, and it would build the face out, and it would just be like, your chin would be on the fucking floor. <laughs> like, you just literally look like you got just, like, you're warping. Your face is just melting away. It looks nothing like you. Nothing about it worked. Anyways, um, okay, so, yeah, a couple things. Light side moment of the episode. Um, I got to go with, um, I got to go with the big moment. Not not because it was a light moment, but just the full-on sacrifice by Sato. Um, you know, I, I really haven't been a big Sato fan, but for me, I was like, okay, well, awesome. Like he, he did a good job and he, you know, he saved the day. So, um, I'm going to go with Sato and the sacrifice of Sato and his two Scott Summers clones, um, in the bridge. Nice. I'm close to that. Uh, I'm going with, uh, just Admiral Constant, Constantine's demise and just how fucking needless, that move was Are we from sure he's him. Dead. I'm hoping, but he probably will pop up again. I mean, because I've seen. I honestly don't within remember within Rebels. We've seen ships explode where you think somebody's dead and they're not. I think it happened with Constantine. Yes, where like his ship blew up, and we we're like, oh, that's the last we've seen of him. Wasn't the ship one of the ships that Chopper blew up? Yeah, he was on it. Yeah, or wait, or was that Jack Welch? I feel like it was Constantine. I know Constantine's fucked up and gotten people killed yeah. before. I just I know it. I can't pull it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, alrighty, so those are your light side moment of the episode. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Uh dark side moment of the episode. Um, for me it's I mean, it's pretty obvious, but it's just the zoom ins. We've said it before, we said it again. The zoom ins right before uh, like fighter pilots get blown up cockpit zoom in cockpit zoom ins that's my dark side moment there's there was a couple of them in this episode that got pretty dark um so yeah i'm going cockpit zoom ins what do you got um i went with what you used for your light side i i'm using for the dark side sato's demise okay 
Even though it was glorious, and it, it, it made a really difference. Cool. It looked really cool. I think cut right through him, Sad man. to see him go. Man, Went that, out with a bang, yeah. though. That was like a fucking, uh, what's the sword? The Hatari Hanzo sword in Kill Bill. Yeah. That is one Quentin Tarantino movie that like I kind of write off, but every single time I watch it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a really good movie. If on your journey you should encounter God, God will be cut. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. Hatari Hanzo. Uh, sorry. Um, okay, what did you say though? I, I was... said that's uh, that's a Quentin Tarantino movie that like I easily write off, but oh. then I rewatch it and I'm like, oh, that movie's really fucking good. Yeah, that was the first Quentin Tarantino movie that actually like got into his Kill Bill one and two. Yeah, um, like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, I never really appreciated until after that. Um, okay, so Sato's demise, but at least it was a. It was a beneficial demise. It was something that, uh, you know, it got the job done. That's the saddest thing about it, though. He doesn't have any idea. Wasn't in vain. Was not in vain. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Rex. Hey, Rex, I think you might have the potential to be a dark horse. You gotta get it up, though. You gotta get it up. Cheese! Jason! Jason! Mandate! Got to get it on, must get it on. Mandate, get it on. Gina Carano, come on the podcast. Ball Brian, Gina Gratifier, Gina Carano, come on the podcast. Help me, Dennis Prager. I am being canceled. Okay, Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Help me, Dennis Prager, I'm being canceled. Um, Okay, Uh, Dark Horse Hero of the episode. I'm going Rex, man. Rex! Rex has one line, but it made me smile. Yeah. It felt, it was... Rex was back in his... He was in his Q zone. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I feel like Rex and Zeb are having the yeah. time of their lives on that yeah. ship. Let's go die! <laughs> <laughs> They're super happy to yeah. go up in this just insurmountable odds yep. just completely outnumbered dead to rights not even ready for battle but they're like get me on a turret let's fucking go. That's um, a good one. Yeah. So yeah I'm going with Rex in his Q zone as my dark side hero <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> That's a uh, I think you should leave reference. Okay. Uh, who's yours? Uh, I went with hubris because it <laughs> saved the day yeah. yet again. We should probably just title this episode hubris. <laughs> yeah. I think we've said hubris. What's going to be great? We've said hubris before. What's, we've said a lot. What's going to be great is the t- the episode is titled hubris with that lady playing with the dancing balls at the concert. That's yeah. The Did you screenshot that for I'll me, by the way? Yeah, you send it over. Okay. The hubris of that lady thinking that anybody wants this. Well, we do want to see it. We got to figure out, look up devil stick orbs, because it's like devil sticks, but it's not. But she's having the time of her life with it. Are we thinking she might have been on something? Oh, probably. Okay, so that's your Dark Horse Heroes of the episode. The Clone Cast presents... Power Breaking. Jason! Okay. Uh, power rankings. So what we do here is uh, we pick our three favorite characters or things of an episode. And uh, then we give them points. First place gets three points. Second place gets two. Third place gets one. We keep track of it. And then we throw it on this sheet I got here. And when it's all said and done, we're going to have a whole list of these names. 
we already got quite the list. Um, some real legends. Um, I don't have it up right now, but off the top of my head, Ghost with Hoots is my favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love Hoots. <laughs> That's that's what yeah, I'm the alliteration on that yeah. one is really good. Ghost with hoots. Um, I like saying hoots. Okay, um, but uh, Adam, who is your number one power rank of this episode? Commander Sato. Sato. Hey, Sato. The ultimate sacrifice. He did go all on. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sato too. Finally got a big payoff on him. I will also say Thrawn does seem to respect him on a certain level as like a he brilliant does. tactician. Um, and Thrawn says as much. Um, so, yeah, I think Sato is a good choice. This was Sato's moment. He finally, he shined. Um, so, six points for Commander Sato. Okay, who's your number two? I went with Hera Sandula. Oh, yeah. For in it. Like, Taking charge. All she needed yeah. to know was she needed to hear that, and she's like, they're coming. Yeah. We need to get ready. I'm simpatico with you. Hera was on one yeah. on this episode. Like, as soon as she had to jump into action, she was she was divvying out orders left and right. Effective. She is very effective. Um, she is well put together, um, both mentally and. Skyline rockets in flight. Okay, Hera Sindula. Getting four points. Uh, Hera is in first, by the way, as we're in second. Conchgal and Aquilish Bowler in third. And we didn't see Conchgal. Um, no Conchgal character model. Maybe part two will surprise me. Okay. Uh, Adam, who's number three? Number three, I went with Captain Rex. Rex. Yeah. Rex. Rex for having the time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> what is the food they're talking about eating? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. But something, something Zeb says is delicious. Yeah. We need to get Gregor back with his goddamn hamburger fucking cheeseburger shirt. And his squeaky voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, now this is a tough one for me. There's lots of uh, potential here. Um, I'm going to go with Kanan. Kanan, all right. We're talking shit to the giant gorilla moose. I <laughs> <Yeah>. could <laughs> squish yeah. him like a bug. Two blind guys swinging at each other. Ha! <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm going Kanan Jarrus. Uh, he's going to get a point for me. So that is your power rankings. No change at the top. Hera, Ezra, first and second. Conchgal and Aqualish Bull with Chopper and Sabine. Round it out. Kanan's right behind him. Okay. Um, also, with one point, um, Al Borlobot. <laughs> and also, Zeb's Devil Sticks. There you go. <laughs> Zeb's Devil Sticks. Okay, uh, that is your power rankings. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, naked? My parts are showing. My goodness. $900 tickets. Yeah, oh, indeed. Do you think Jabba would pay those prices? Oh, yeah. Oh. Shoot, uh, Jabba goes to the concert, just eats a bunch of Swifties. You got the money to burn. Yeah. It's got to be great to have just, you don't give a fuck, you know? That's what I want. I, I just don't want to give a Oh, I heard a funny fact today, and you'll get a kick out of this. This is the kind of fact that will drive you fucking mad. Okay, so did you know if you made $10,000 a day? Oh, God. Every day since the Declaration of Independence was signed? 
you would not have a billion dollars. Yeah. It's crazy hearing those Think statistics. about that. Yeah. $10,000 a day for the last 200 and how many years? I can't do math. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> 250 uh-huh. some years. Uh, you would not have a billion dollars. Yeah. If somebody just handed you $10,000. If people could could actually comprehend yeah. the difference between a million and a billion, there would not be a billionaire alive. Yes. We would have dragged them out of their houses yeah. by now. So once again, please tell me. What exactly is wrong with people demanding a living wage? Because there's people out there with uh, worth $300 billion, <laughs> a single individual. Um, these corporations rack in billions upon billions of dollars. Um, and I can't even get $10,000 of um, money forgiven by the federal government when it was absolutely grifted from me. <laughs> Literally <laughs> grifted from me by a for-profit school that um i had a i had an instructor that uh used to roll in every day he had the projector that he'd roll in with and his pants were basically barely hanging off his hips he saw the crack of his ass every day um he used to work in a a radio station in like spicer minnesota real big time anyways he was our big market in spicer yeah he was actually my marketing professor Ah. um where he talked about radio ads and we literally would write up like radio ads it's it i literally spent how much money to learn how to hit a button um nothing but buttons and knobs anyways good hood who we're on adelon we were on lafal for a minute who was looking hot all right straight up i'm going with disheveled callus <laughs> yeah callus got a shiner so he's got like a black eye but then he's got this long, just swath of hair that's just perfectly falling over his face. I do appreciate the fact that they didn't give him the shiner right away. Yeah. Like normally animators will do. Yeah. They let the bruise like steep. You can and tell come out. you can tell it's a fresh bruise. But <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be very black and blue. It's starting to come in. It's kind of pinkish though. But you can tell he's 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 banged up. So I'm going with Disheveled Callus. What do you got for Goodhood? My Goodhood, I just love their design. I went with those Death Troopers that we see in the f- in the very first frames of okay. the show. Death Troopers are cool. They got a cool outfit. They got I a like cool it. look. Yeah. And they make that really weird helmet like communication noise. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I do like the different aspects of like Star Troopers that they introduced as we're going forward. It's just funny when you think about like, I don't know. I was trying to think about Every now and then, I'll think about... Because they change as we go forward. Like, the Empire, you know, in the original trilogy was very white and very male. Um, And then you can see how they, like, diversify it in the new... um, Properties. Yeah, in the new properties. But, like, I was kind of thinking, like, what does George say about that? Because the Empire was supposed to be, like, kind of like a reflection of Nazi Germany. Yeah, And so it's like... Part of me is like I I do I want diversity in Star Wars like and they give us like fucking Lando <laughs> yeah which was great love Lando but that's like it <laughs> well there was that one black X wing pilot that explodes in Grizz? Return of the Whatever Jedi Griff Griff <laughs> or whatever his name is <laughs> Griff <laughs> yeah so they did not do a good job and with the it. guy that's carrying the ice cream maker in the background during the Cloud City evacuation yeah. so I guess I kind of went from like. A uh, a white cis male club to like a diversified club, but no aliens. Right? Is that kind of what it ended up? That's being? kind of the price that you pay, and I think we brought it up on the show before. But yeah, that's like the whole deal is 
it, the Empire was meant to be just purely like white dudes. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why Thrawn was such a big deal is because they made like yeah. an exception. And in the books, they say as much like a lot of the cadets that he's with when he comes in, like look down on him because of that and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just find it interesting. Yeah. To look at it from the way because like they did deviate from George's like original kind of view on what the Empire was. Like, I can just, like, I think the real reason I'm kind of curious about is because I would want to see the Chud reactions if every bad guy was just a white male. Yeah. And, like, I just want to see the meltdown. And I well, almost, they're going to have meltdowns regardless. Yeah. They are going to have meltdowns regardless. But this one would be so on the nose for them that it would just be a fucking thing of beauty. So, But it is nice to see. They, <laughs> so they did diversify the Empire a little bit. But they even more diversified yeah. the resistance because they throwing random alien races into cockpits yeah. and stuff. And lesbians kissed on the cheek. At <laughs> 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 the end of that. Yeah. yeah. That like a groundbreaking yeah. moment. Oh, wow. They should have put some tongue People in there. were still pissed about that. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Nah, man. I want to see some fucking lesbians licking nostrils and shit. Like, <laughs> just get in there. Get in there, man. Show me something. Just get fucking weird. Yeah, give me some fucking Skinamax stuff. Just start fucking on the ground. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, where were we? Death Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. They are cool. Um, okay, so that is your good hood. <laughs> Where is Jason? Jason! Okay, Jason! Jason! Just hitting that over and over, and you're following a red balloon in this crowd. Oh my god. Two bucks. How much do you think a balloon should go? Like, what's the running cost? Like, a, a single red balloon that you buy at a mall from a clown. What year is this? 2010. I didn't want you to adjust for inflation because I still think two dollars is a ridiculous. <laughs> also, like the kids are so weird. Who's a fucking nine-year-old kid that wants a red balloon? You want a fucking like, Power Rangers? Unless something. he's an ironic hipster that's like wants a throwback toy item. Jason is not a hipster. No. He doesn't have the thought process. There's nothing going on. He's got the deadest eyes you'll ever see. For Jason. Jason. Okay. Um. This is where uh, this is what we call tagline. And when we did the Clone Wars, there were these tagline things. They're like motivational messages or kind of like a morals, morals of the story. Um, and they kind of uh, you know like teased what the episode was going to be. So I would predict the next episode based off of that tagline. We don't have that luxury anymore. Therefore, I just base my predictions off of the episode title. So Adam, what's the next episode name? I wonder. Zero hour part two. Uh, I think Bendu is going to turn it around. <laughs> I think we're going to see Bendu like literally like jump up in the air and take out a fucking TIE fighter that's flying overhead and like eat it or something. Go to Hulk mode. It's going to be like King Kong on top of the Empire State yeah. Building, just like throwing planes and shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm predicting a big Bendu episode. It would be great in the next episode if Bendu f freaks out. And just like picks up a stormtrooper, like grabs one leg with one hand, the other leg with the other hand, and he just rips him in half like a wishbone. <laughs> and then guts spill they just out all over the that place. Whole thing out of nowhere. Just a violent scene. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Just something so violent that it rivals something you'd see in a Tarantino film. Do you remember that part in, the, yeah. in uh, I think it's The Lost World, the Jurassic Park sequel, where they're all running away from the T-Rex, and the one guy like turns around for a split second. <laughs> it's a close-up on his face, and he's like, ah! <laughs> and then the T-Rex steps on him. Yes. But then it goes to the back of the T-Rex, and you can see him stuck on the T-Rex's yeah. foot for like four steps. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Jurassic Park, man. <laughs> My, what's your favorite Jurassic Park death? I got to go with Lawyer on the Toilet. That one is great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Or the goat. The goats. Yep. <laughs> Just that lowering the goat yep. in there. <laughs> Clever girl. That's yep. a great one. Also, the... Oh, wait. No, the goat didn't get lowered in. The goat was just tied up in the T-Rex cage. Yeah. How are you feeding the goat to the T-Rex and the cow to the Velociraptors? Well, there's multiple Velociraptors. Yeah, but you feel like the T-Rex would still need a cow. Yeah. I mean, that's a big old guy. You How know? many goats they going through a day? Or gal, actually. They're all female, right? Yeah. All you the dinosaurs are females? You think they're uh, they're duplicating those goats with that cloning technology, too? I would hope so. You don't want to just, you know... I mean, if you have the technology available, and it apparently is really easy because you've got dinosaurs running all over the place, might as well duplicate the goats. I mean, I think that would be a great use of technology. Yeah. Yeah. How can we combat global warming with goats, uh, clone goats? Or actually, Although, with that, increase... I think my favorite death is in uh, the. Uh, it, uh, I didn't. I don't think I've even seen the last two, uh, but the the first new one with Chris Pratt was that Jurassic World. Are you thinking of the gal that gets ate by the mosasaur? <laughs> like she gets picked up by the pterodactyl and then but thrown it's... over the giant tank where the no, mosasaur no, is there is this weird scene where, where there's like weird spliced dinosaurs that are like tiny pterodactyls with t-rex heads and they like come down and like terrify people like those i think they eat somebody hmm i don't know which ones those are i'll find it i remember the pterodactyls did you ever look up that one thing that i wanted to think about just a little bit ago i already forgot what it was me too and that's why it's really upsetting okay so zero part two will be our episode next week adam where can the listeners reach us send us an email we are clonecastpod at gmail.com you can still reach out to us on twitter instagram tiktok at clonecastpod yeah. reach out if you want the link to the discord there's a lot of people sharing clonecast recommend songs in there if you want us to keep it under two hours, just send me a message that says, Does he? Thank you. <laughs> so thank you. We will thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. We love all Clone Castanovas. Uh, we'll see you next time for Zero Hour Part 2. Until then, may the orb poi be with you. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Crispin's day?